2: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling.
1: Many 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 PC PC
2: You are listening to the flagship
3: podcast with your host, Joe Lanza.
2: This show is so good. That I would rather listen to my own show that I recorded an hour ago in full. Because then listen to that. These, what, these people don't know what they're talking about. And they're
0: paid professionals.
3: And Rich Fridge. Maybe listen to other wrestling podcasts now. Except for the ones on the, the Voice Wrestling team. Podcast Network. All the those are good. But every other one stinks. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? How are you? I am doing great. The last show of 2022. The last show of our, our 10th year, right? Didn't we celebrate our 10th anniversary earlier this year? That's uh, seems so long ago. Entering year 11
2: of this show. Good God. This would be the 11th year of the show that we just completed, right? oh man (laughs) so we
3: had our we had our 10th anniversary did that signify
2: uh, yeah you're right okay you're right you're right you're right yeah yeah because if 2012 was the first year this would be year 11 ah
3: okay that we're completing we're completing we're completing year 11th entering year 12
2: right because we did the correct 10th anniversary we didn't do wwe (laughs) style anniversaries yes
3: you're right i hear which i am being michael cole i've been i've been corrupted by my youth of 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 Michael Cole and Vince McMahon telling me the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania is WrestleMania 25 when no, in fact it is
2: not. It's the right.
3: Okay. You're right.
2: But mo- most of their fans are so dumb. They don't know the difference. <laughs> they, myself so, included. They, apparently. So Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I've,
3: I've, I've lost myself into WWE math, but yeah, there we go. So we are entering our 12th year uh, of doing this just, dumb show this is the worst
2: show ever but it's also the greatest show ever so uh, now i'm putting myself over as so smart was i sitting here counting on my fingers yes i was <laughs> maybe yes <laughs> just <laughs> yes, to make I sure was.
3: you didn't also sound dumb and then we had somebody in the chair go actually uh yeah. it is yeah no there you go so that's uh, the
2: like, swink yeah <laughs> <laughs> poor the swink off to a great start already <laughs> Bearing our fans our
3: show sucks we don't know how long we've been doing it for yeah it's growing great yeah it's, it's wwe <laughs> fans are dumb
2: <laughs> yeah, we're just you're, you're,
3: well you know i hit them all bingo card the bingo card will be full by the end of the year if you're uh if you're playing along at home with a flagship bingo you're uh you're you're filling up quick i'll tell you that it is uh yeah. someone's gonna make someone should make that one these days it'd be pretty funny to see
2: what they oh are. people have people have made those in the past i know that um uh uh, one of our uh, listeners, suplex Suplexberry, made one one time. She made one, and um, other users have made those as well. That that was probably two or three years ago. But um, uh, every now and then, that topic comes up, and people come up with a uh, flagship bingo card. So now that we mentioned it, we're going to get flooded with them over the next week. You yeah, know that, and, I, right? and that's that's fine. That's okay. I, yeah. I, I think yeah. we'll and, so,
3: and the best of the best will will we'll emerge, and we'll know we'll all know which the best one was for sure. Um, but yeah, no, this, this, we, we hit a bunch of them already. (laughs) We're, uh, (laughs) we've definitely, uh, hit them, but yeah, it's gonna be a fun show tonight. I think we have a lot to get to. Uh, here we, of course, have Wrestle Kingdom 17 coming up in just a couple of days here, January 4th. Uh, we got a preview of that show top to bottom, as we always do. Uh, Dragon Lee signs with the WWE, a, a pretty a decently big story, I'd say, uh, for uh, of, of Dragon Lee announcing at uh, AAA's Night of Champions show yesterday uh, that he has signed up with WWE and will be joining uh, NXT in January. Uh, Dragon Gate's final gate. You and I both watched that. Their Christmas Day show. Uh, Noah's got their New year show, uh, highlighted by Kitokiya and Kano, uh, as well as the great Muda and Shinsuke Nakamura. A double main event. Uh, Joe, as we'll touch on. Uh, if you're trying to trying to think, man, I which one? I wonder which match is going to go on last. Well, they've announced it, and you come on, you know which match is going on last. <laughs> it doesn't take a genius. If you've listened to this show or you followed Noah in the last two years, you know goddamn well which match is going on last, uh, and. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, and then Rev Pro's Uprising show from uh, well, last week, a week or two ago, two weeks ago. I forget exactly when the date of that show was, but uh, we we're going to cover that uh, show. We both watched it, uh, a little check-in on Rev Pro to finish out their year, uh, which I think has been an up-and-down year for Rev Pro, but I think ended up on a pretty good note with a uh, pretty fun show, uh, Uprising. But uh, I do want to start this week's show, Joe, with a brief we're, – we're, what we're going to do here, actually. I say brief, but we're actually going to spend two and a half hours uh, recapping – Yeah, (laughs) well, I'm going to try to make it as brief as possible. We could we very well could spend all three hours doing a recap of the year that was 2022 one of the most insanely weird crazy strange years uh, in wrestling history, but I think we could try to keep it brief as brief as we can possibly keep it uh, for what it was just an insanely 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 big year with tons of stuff going on crazy things I mean you read some of these like year end lists and like, Hey, the biggest stories of the year and like Vince McMahon resigning in shame, the most powerful man in wrestling resigning in shame sometimes doesn't always appear like first. Sometimes it's like third. It's like, well, I don't know. Like, I mean, it should always be first, but like, again, it's just crazy how sometimes it, it it's cause it's been, there's been so many other random things that have happened this year. So I wanted to at least touch on a little bit of what a chaotic year uh, this has been so we can try to f- uh, unpack and, and, and kind of re- recap, I should say, uh, what this year has brought to us in wrestling. Overall, though, what 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 are your generalized thoughts with the, what the year in wrestling has given us? Because it just feels like it's been does it doesn't feel crazier than usual or just years always just crazy these days. And it's just we have to kind of get used to it too. With, with two major wrestling companies. It feels like this is more commonplace. But this year felt a little crazier than other years, right?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you have Vince McMahon resigning in shame. And that's the biggest pro wrestling story in a decade. So yeah, ever maybe. that <laughs> it, right. Yeah. That's one of the biggest pro wrestling stories Which, of all
3: time. Not not to interrupt, but it, I think it is kind of laughable when I see these lists and it's like brawl out number one, number two, Cody joins WWE, number three, like Roman reigns in the bloodline. Number four, Vitzkman retires. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Like, yeah, number one, biggest story of the year of all, like almost of all time is the most powerful man in pro wrestling history resigns in shame that has to be number one on your list has to has to
2: has to let's okay but let's discuss why people say that why they don't think that's the biggest story i think because number one brawl out without question garnered more headlines and garnered more attention from the very specialized wrestling media right or wrong it did and the reason for that is backstage drama particularly of that magnitude is going to take precedent over of the Vince McMahon story because the Vince McMahon story and I'm not saying that's right and I'm not saying that Brawl Out will have more future impact on the business. Obviously, the Vince McMahon story is the biggest story in wrestling this year. But to a lot of these wrestling news sites and to wrestling fans, the Vince McMahon thing doesn't tick the box of backstage drama and that's something wrestling fans are always going to be attracted to like bugs to a lamp so and and you can't get much more dramatic than the situation at brawl out and the press conference and all of that whereas the vince thing is more of a hard news story and also let's face it a lot of pro wrestling fans like to follow the backstage drama and inner workings of wrestling, but they're not as interested in the business side of wrestling, which, you know, the Vince story on top of being a hard news story, because, Oh, by the way, he might've been a serial rapist also has more impact on the hard business side of wrestling and the future of the company and what it means to investors and those sorts of things. And that's just not as interesting to Joe wrestling fan. Right. So I think those things in combination made it feel like Brawl Out was a bigger story. And in some ways, Brawl Out was a bigger story to a certain type of wrestling fan than the Vince thing. But there's no question that the Vince McMahon resignation is the biggest story in terms of long-term effect on the industry and impact and the fact that the greatest promoter in the history of wrestling and the most influential person in the history of professional wrestling had to resign in shame because he might be a serial rapist.
3: Right. And it forces them to like the thing with the brawl out is ultimately like a lot of it is kind of a most people kind of joke around about it or laugh about it a little bit. I mean, there's some people that get real serious about, oh, the the locker room and oh the 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 you know, and, and this sort of stuff. But most people kind of like to poke fun at it or enjoy enjoy the more hilarious aspects of it. Oh, who bit who who did this? Who You know, and the Vince stuff, you can't really do that. Like you said, it's hard news and it, it makes people confront truths that they probably don't want to confront it makes people have to you know they they like just kind of you know having haha time or aggregating some tweets as a headline or whatever whereas the Vince McMahon story forces you to really dig deep into this guy's past and really forces you to to maybe address why you haven't been aware of some of the things that came up in Vince McMahon's past and why maybe you are, are taken aback or, or surprised by some of this stuff where others are not. And it forces you to, to to look at Vince McMahon in, in a completely different light and, and forces you to look at the company in a completely different light and the leadership structure of that company in a different light. And a lot of people aren't really ready for that conversation. We saw throughout the year, a lot of people weren't. And they just, the, the fact that that story kind of Tailed off at any point. That story should have never tailed off. That story should have never. I mean, why is the Wall Street Journal still the only like reputable news source that I've seen do anything about that story, any sort of follow ups, any sort of next level? I mean, it, it, the Vince McMahon thing came and it was giant and it was big and it was like a giant explosion in the wrestling business. And then a couple weeks later, it was kind of business as usual. Triple H is booking. Okay, let's look ahead. Or hey, look at the you know look at the improvements. Look at this. And 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 the idea and the conversations around. Whoa, what the fuck was going on in in that guy's company? And what was that guy doing? And why? What were what were that guy's leadership and 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 you know people handpicked, picked uh, people in the office or whatever. What were they doing there? And why were they getting away with it? And wh- how long was this going on for? Nobody was really ready for that conversation. And nobody and it was clear. And it's just kind of to me, I I can't say I'm shocked by it, but I'm just. I don't know. I I guess I sort of expected this in a way, but I also kind of expected this to be a big moment where everybody kind of took a deep breath and went, okay, now we got to get serious about this. And people really didn't. I mean, with the lone exception of a few different people, your David Bixen spans your, your, you know, your wall street journals, as I said, a lot of other people just kind of went with whatever the next sexy story was going to be. And then brawl out happens. And now that's the story that, that people just can't get enough of because it's easy. It's, it's more palatable. It's, it's for what, you know, it's, it's messy drama, but it's messy drama where nobody truly got hurt, you know, more in in a big picture way. Whereas the Vince stuff is so icky. And so just, I don't know. It, it, I think um, I wanted to believe that people would report on it better, but they just, you know, well, I
2: mean, Vince resigned and kind of cut the legs off the story, number one, because a major part of the story would have been, is this guy going to stay or is he going to go? Well, he went. Um, And number two, it really exposed the amateurism of wrestling, of the wrestling media, because I think a lot of these people were just afraid to touch it. Um, They don't want to say the wrong thing. Quite literally, some people Um, saying
3: they were afraid to touch it and they didn't want to because it made them feel bad. Well,
2: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, well, there's well, okay, And then there's that aspect of it, which was going to be my third thing, that there's a lot of Vince McMahon hero worship. If you remember the aftermath of the Pat McAfee interview, it shined a gigantic light on the hero worship of this man and how so many people in the wrestling media just hold him in such high regard as this legendary figure who they have so much respect for. And I think if – I think a lot of these people, a lot of these absolute frauds in the media, if they were given truth serum, I don't even think his resignation and some of the the stuff that has come out the light has changed their mind regarding that, which is kind of shitty. But I I, unfortunately, I think that's the truth. So I think in some cases that people didn't want to go heavy on the Vince story simply because they don't want to – first of all, they don't want to – they don't want to bash WWE too hard and they want to continue cheerleading that company. And number two, they hold Vince in high regard and they kind of want to sweep that kind of story under the rug and not, not necessarily sweep it under the rug, but uh, you know, maybe not hound on it as hard as, as, as they just, could just not treat and, it
3: with the severity that it is. I mean, this guy, was... they're not equipped
2: to either. Right. And, 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 and honestly, yeah. they're not equipped to you want Chris Van Vliet to really do that. I mean, what's he going to, you know what I mean? I mean, you have guys and guys like him who just do, uh, Entertainment Tonight style. You, you want Denise Salcedo to go in on. V- I mean, these people, that's not what but, they do. But you there's have to too many of those
3: of and not enough David Bixon spans, And that's the problem in, in today's.
2: Correct. De- right. And, and then there's you can a lot list of
3: 17 different names of, of, of that window of, of that pocket. And I keep going back to the same two names, you know, on, in the other part, you know, right. your Dave Melters, yes. your Mike Johnson's, your Wade Keller's,
2: David Bixon spans. I'm running out, you know, I mean, there's and I'm f- not even and I'm not even sure someone like Mike Johnson's equipped to handle a story like right, this right, other right. than reporting hard facts, which he does very well. Um, You know, but the rest are and, and a lot of these other people that run sites are they're they're amateurs. And I don't mean that we're amateurs. I don't mean that as necessarily a a slight. It's just a fact. And. And and there's and you don't have these sites don't have the financial backing to protect themselves if right they misreport right and that's that a big and, thing
3: and that's a bigger thing than a lot of people want to address I mean that that's we ran into that a lot during you know the the, the days of speaking out, out where people were like hey that. I want to do this or I want to write that I'm like ah, dude I don't this is just us. Like we're just a bunch of do- dopes running this stupid website. Like I, I can't get sued, man. You know what I mean? Like I can't Yeah. You, 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 go on your own personal blog. If you want to write all about how this guy raped this person and how you think that knock yourself out, man, but I'm not, I'm not putting myself in, in litigation for this. You know, that, that's not what we do here.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we, we talked about it on the shows and, and addressed it and everything. But again, there's situations like that where you know, we don't have, we don't have a lawyer on retainer we don't have uh, backing of a of a of we don't have a support staff of a of a you know of people who who vet uh, yeah, the a legal team hey we, and, we run this article by our legal team and see if it clears no i'm the you know what i mean like you and i are the legal team i'm the legal and team. we're kind of yeah and we're and we're kind of drifting off course because i don't think anyone expects voices of wrestling to dig deep on the vince allegations but there's certainly sites out there that you know um you know that that you think that do report hard, but they're just not equipped for this. And I think that's part of the reason too, that it may have felt like not quite as big of a story as something like brawl out where nobody in the wrestling media is afraid to report any whisper. They heard about that because what's, you're not, there's no fear there. There's no, there's nothing to be scared of. The worst that's going to happen is Tony Khan or a wrestler is going to come into your DMS and call you an asshole and say that you're a liar or that you got something wrong. you know, and these sites are willing to deal with that. You know, and 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 they're equipped. And this is it. it just, it, they're two different kinds of stories, and um, and 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 one is simply more attractive to the common wrestling fan than the other. If Vince came back on Raw or SmackDown tomorrow, they he would get a standing ovation and a thank you Vince chant. Yeah, but and he we all those
3: bows. know. He, the, no chance in hell would play. They'd cut to the fans doing the bows. And then, yeah, he'd he the the he'd have the microphone. He'd be choked up, and the as the music dimmed, he would start hearing, "Thank you, Vince chance. for sure. I'm positive of it positive of it, hundred percent positive
2: of it, yeah, that's absolutely what would happen. And anyone who thinks it wouldn't is absolutely out of their minds. So people just want to have a see no evil, hear, no evil thing and speak no evil when it comes to Vince. And, you know, it, but in terms of a real world story, I mean, that's a big real world story. In the real world, nobody even knows what Brawlout is, or or what happened, or that okay, some wrestler isn't coming back to uh, you know that that it's meaningless in the grand scheme when it comes to that. Maybe you could extrapolate it to whether Warner Brothers Discovery gives them a new TV deal, or that they lost their biggest star. Okay, from that perspective, maybe. But uh, but yeah, the Vince story very clearly the number one story in wrestling this year, and then Brawlout would probably be number two.
3: Yeah and and obviously mentioned Brawlout as 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 a big time one um Tony Khan purchasing ROH was it set the stage for a very important last couple of months for AEW. A very, you know, interesting last few months for AEW as they try to navigate, you know, p- p- pushing that uh, uh, promotion, trying to get a TV deal, you know, building to Final Door or, or Final uh, Battle, uh, all that sort of stuff uh, going on in the last couple of months of of AEW. But uh, I mean, a big time thing. Him saving, you know, Ring of Honor. I mean, if Ring of Honor. Had he not purchased it, I mean, I don't know where 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 is Ring of Honor right now if 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 he doesn't. Purchase it. I I don't know.
2: It's either it's it's well it's it's a video library under the control of Paul Levesque, is what it is, uh, more than likely. Or if someone else had swooped in to purchase it, it would promptly be out of business already. Because as we saw, if Tony Khan can't get a television deal, some newcomer with no track record wasn't going to be able to get no. a television deal. And without a television deal, there you know it, it essentially is going to struggle to exist unless it's owned by a billionaire who can put it on a stream, who can park it on a streaming service for a little while until the next round of uh, negotiations come up, which is what's happening now. So to answer your question, if Tony Khan hadn't purchased it, it would, uh, it would be dead. Whether it would have died immediately if WWE bought it or whether it would have died later because someone else gave it a go is kind of immaterial. At this point, it would be dead. Um, you know, he, Tony Khan ran three really, really, Excellent pay per views, I thought, with the ring. And those were the only three Ring of Honor shows this year. I thought the pay per views were all very good. They had three of the best matches in wrestling this year with the Briscoe FTR matches. Um, he failed to secure a television deal. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer, he didn't even attempt to shop it elsewhere, even though he had the right to. So good on Dave for doing some journalism, which those absolute idiots in the room that night didn't bother even <laughs> attempting to do. No, that's i am still disturbed by that. I'm it was, still that was annoyed an by it. Bad.
3: Yeah, it was an all time bad. The best part of the entire thing was him just prodding for somebody please to he ask him about New Japan. Ask.
2: Please ask me about negotiations and New Japan and nobody asked. He I was- mean, Tony Tony must have said a half dozen times in his long <laughs> diatribe I value my relationship with with uh with my television partners, the most important relationship I have because he was he he thought someone was going to ask whether he negotiated outside of and then all of that bluster was to set up him saying no because as i said i respect uh time war uh, discovery time warner so much that i right that's what he was doing of course and then and then nobody even bothered asking the question well the point here is in the observer this it was either this week or last it doesn't matter dave got the answers it was he didn't shop it anywhere else. He only shopped it to his current television partners, which is an interesting play by Tony Khan, because maybe he could have gotten some shitty TV deal somewhere and offended his new overlords that are running, you know, Time Warner. Uh, is it Discovery, Time Warner, Time, Time Warner Discovery? I think it's yeah, Time Warner whatever, Discovery. Yeah, Time yeah, Warner's yeah, sure. I'm P-WD. sure it'll
3: change names in a year. I'm sure again. So whatever.
2: Yeah, they'll merge with Viacom or something, <laughs> right. and it'll all change again. So, so, you know, and he's going to wait it out and see if he could sell it as a whole package deal with, with, with all elite women and, and the reality show that they're filming and all of this. So it's an interesting play on his part. Um, But yeah, that's also a major story this year. And um, as someone who was a huge ROH fan during certain incarnations of, uh, of its, of its timeline, I'm happy that Tony Khan was enough of a wrestling nerd to keep it alive. I'm looking forward to it rolling out next year and um, and and following it. And then eventually, you know, I think eventually he'll get it back on TV uh, in some form. Maybe he'll get impatient with with Time Warner Discovery and then eventually shop it elsewhere once he's done walking on eggshells and he feels like it's safe to do so. You know, so um, at this point with a set of new overlords he's not familiar with, maybe he just doesn't want to offend people and and feel like he's trying to compete with them. Or you know and like compete with themselves and maybe he needs to establish relationships there first. But um, great pay per views and
3: ultimately it's yeah. probably not worth it either to to do that. Like you know whatever value you were going to get from a Ring of Honor TV deal, which let's be honest, was probably not going to be super super valuable. You just wanted somewhere to put it because you wanted to you know be able just something like you know you weren't going to try to turn a, a huge huge profit with that TV deal, but you just wanted some money to to air it somewhere is all you were looking at, but do you want to do do you want to really piss off what could potentially be your big giant bag of money that you can get for aew uh, you don't you, you know what I mean like you want to kind of wait and 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 if that is the case and and you know if if discovery does eventually, Decide, or, or warner brother discovery, whatever does decide uh, to wrap with AEW. now then, it makes it a little bit cleaner to, to, to just get both of them involved in it and get and get ring of honor on whatever channel, you know, you want or whatever one of the side channels. But I, I agree. Ultimately, I think it was probably a better idea just to say and, and just to wait it out and just say, you know what? It's, it's not worth getting a shitty TV deal to piss off what could potentially because because that will kill you. That will hurt your company. You know what I mean? That will hurt slash kill your company if, if if you Discovery says, yeah, we're, we're good. We don't want to really, we don't want to re-up with you guys. We're good. You know, you kind of pissed us off and we're we're, we're moving on. That can kill or, or hurt that company completely. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, right now, does it hurt or kill ROH that it's not on a, a TV? I mean, it doesn't help it, obviously. But ultimately, you just you stuff it onto a streaming service for a little bit. And then, you know, you come back at it in another year or so and see what, see what happens. But you definitely do not hey. do not want to piss off your overlords right now. Not a good time
2: it is warner brothers discovery is the official name of the company by the way warner brothers discovery wbd um yeah so uh uh what else we got on this uh, so i mean i guess we
3: we we do have brawl out i don't know if you really wanted to touch on that anymore i feel like i am not re-litigating that (laughs) we've we've done that a thousand times there's a lot
2: of there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke to the fire that maybe punk can come back next year and um, all I would say to that is I would never rule anything out in pro wrestling. No. You cannot rule it out. We don't even know the details of his departure. We don't even know whether he's being paid or not at this stage. It would be very easy if he wasn't terminated to just bring him back at some point. If you're paying him anyway, um, we have FTR bald. And by the way, that was originated right here by this guy. I don't care what anybody else says. It's not like I care a lot. Uh, who ultimately gets credit for this. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yes, you do. I mean, look, I co- I've coined a lot of things over the years and I never get credit for any of them. So I'm I'm kind of over it. But this one, absolutely 1 million percent was me. I was doing that bit on the Thursday Dynamite review. At the time, it was Thursday TV reviews because when they came into the company, I could not keep Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler straight. I could not keep it's straight which was which. So to simplify it for my life, I began referring to them as FTR Bald and FTR Hair. This had to be this was when they first came in the company. Okay. Uh the very first FTR Bald tweet is from which account, Rich?
3: Uh, it is from the Voice of Wrestling Twitter account.
2: And what do some of the replies to that tweet say? I'm like, trying to what, get it right now.
3: I'm trying to get it right now. Here.
2: You don't need the exact words. The point here is the reply to that very first FTR ball tweet that was ever sent out on Twitter, uh, where people referencing the fact that I had been using that. Right, phrase.
3: Stop using, stop calling them that. How can you not tell who they are? You know, <laughs> why, why are you still not able to see you know who they are? Yeah. It, it, it's,
2: it's, us. I had been I using mean, that from the jump. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause I couldn't get their name straight. Cause I just couldn't, I didn't know which was which, and I couldn't even remember the names Dax Harwood and cash Wheeler. And, um, so, you know, and then, You know dan Housen tweeted it like a year later he's in our orbit rich that guy's in our orbit and always has been you know some wrestlers are in our orbit and some are not in our orbit right Uh, he was someone in our orbit i could just see it and then cm punk said it on tv at one point um or or in a presser or something i know cm punk said it at one point but that came from me okay other people can pretend and claim if they want. That's
3: <laughs> yeah. January 28th, 2021 is the first FTR bald tweets. Uh, you saying the jungle boy versus FTR bald was excellent. And then uh, uh, a reply says, since he had a good singles match, can you call him Dax now? And you say it's part bit, Part, I still can't get the name straight. So obviously, it's been yeah. a bit for a while there at that point uh, yes. in January of 2021. So some people are, are sharing. I saw some people sharing like, you know, May of 2022. It's like old fucking news, guys. Year and a half old at that point. The FTR ball thing. So when did they debut? That's when I said it. I mean, uh, <laughs> debuted in, yeah, I was going to say that we might have to go to the audio. i have to go to the tapes one of these days. I'll, I'll go. I'll go listen. I'll do it. Yeah. That's I no mean,
2: th- that's that's whenever they debuted like a week later is when I came up with it. Just to just uh, to, May 27, 2000, 2020,
3: uh, 2020, May 27, 2020.
2: Yes. Yeah, so uh, I had been doing it at least six months before that tweet <laughs> because I that's how I kept track of them on on the on the review because I couldn't get, get their name straight anyway. Um, And then I just kept it because, you know, we do a lot of silly shit like that here. Um, This is a very serious podcast, Rich. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Anyway, my point was, you know, he made a plea for these four guys to sit down and work it out. And um, I think most people realize FTR is very much on friendly terms with, with CM Punk. But listen, I know for a fact that there's people in that company who don't give a shit who's right or wrong. Don't care about any of the drama. And really wish that all of these guys were just back in the company, including Punk. Because they like Punk. They don't give a shit what the beef is between the Punk and the Elite because it's none of their business. And, you know, they liked having Punk around. Because Punk was good to a lot of people. Absolutely. And, and look, there's people in that company who hate CM Punk and don't want him back. And would probably cause problems if he did come back and, and make us think. I'm not saying that those don't exist. They do. But there's also punk supporters, flat-out punk flag wavers like FTR. And there's also a huge conglomerate of wrestlers. And my personal uh, interpretation of it is it's mostly the younger wrestlers who are indifferent on the drama and just wish everybody was back because it would be best for everyone. And punk was good to them and watched all the darks and gave people feedback. And it seems to be the older wrestlers who are just tired of punk's bullshit are the ones that that right, they like probably it. they've
3: they've probably dealt with this at least two or three times like if you were an early yeah. ROH guy you've dealt with it three times if you're in WWE with him you've dealt with it twice and if you're you know those those people are just like ah oh, fucking again dude <laughs> Come on. like you're just never gonna yeah. be happy they realize this guy's probably never gonna be happy whereas the young guys are just like ah oh, you know what eh you know this yeah, but I, I get I totally get the, the, the people the old ring of Honor. like can you imagine Samoa Joe's just gotta be like dude fuck off man you know what I mean he's probably like and I don't, and I don't before, know for he, sure. and, before just, people, and before people run the reddit he's just making an example, I'm just making of, an example of a guy around who's who's seen the ups and the downs of a cm punk over the last 20 years and it's probably just like come on dude just like like
2: well we know that jericho doesn't like him there's one that you can use i mean so it's like that my interpretation is the older wrestlers have had enough of him have had enough of phil and look the younger wrestlers like look here's a guy who who's watching dark he's he's giving him unsolicited advice and help trying to help him he's buying him fucking starbucks gift cards i mean to them he's just all right also, He's the company back.
3: made a lot more money when he was there and they were selling yes. out buildings like crazy and TV ratings were up. So, yeah. it
2: was a nice little uh, yeah, <laughs> caveat exactly. to the whole
3: thing is, wait a minute,
2: our business is exploding. <laughs> so that's pretty good. And there's a bunch of and there's a bunch of wrestlers there who probably really wanted to work with them, who grew up watching them and were excited to get in the ring with them and work a program with them and all of that. And that got taken away from them. So and I'm not saying that's the majority of the locker room. All I'm saying is there's people on every part of the spectrum in that locker room regarding punk. And you cannot write off a return in pro wrestling. Okay. Because at the end of the day, as we've seen a million times, whatever's best for business is, is always on the table. And I think everyone would agree that CM Punk coming back would be very good for business. You know, even the the biggest punk detractors would have to concede that at this point um now would i be wary of the guy i mean you have to be we were wary of him to, to begin you know you know he's going to fucking do something again and and blow everything up i mean that's who he is that's who he is and the people who don't want him around are ultimately going to be right if he comes back okay we all know that but it's like a ticking time bomb and you hope it has more time on the fucking counter this time around it's basically if if you were to bring him back but we'll see but yeah obviously enormous story what else we
3: got oh for sure and i was gonna say if if they are true pro wrestlers they would at some point be open to the idea of everybody getting in a room and 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 trying to hash it out and trying to say all right look we don't have to like each other we can hate each other's guts but for the next six months or the next 12 months let's do this and let's all make a shit ton of money and then we can all go our separate ways and we never have to speak to each other ever again you know what i mean like get in that room get everybody you need to get in that room and say look i know we all fucking hate each other i don't care we're all going to make a lot more money if we just do this thing for X amount of months and, 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 and just hash. And we don't have to like each other, but this is the, what's, you know, quote unquote, best for business as, as the that, that term goes again. So they, would, they should all be open to that. Like Dak said, they should all be open, to at least sitting down and having that conversation. And ultimately, at the end of the conversation is no, fuck you. Fuck you. No, fuck this guy. Fuck, then, OK, then, then, then you try. But you got to try. You have to at least try to offer up. Let's get in the room and let's see if we can hash this thing out. You have to, because that is what's going to yeah. make everybody the most money.
2: A sit down is what you're asking for here. Yeah, just, you know, old school
3: mafia sit down. Yeah, right. Get in a room. Yeah. It could be a big table. Maybe make it a big table, you know, just in case. Maybe not a small room, you know, maybe a big table. And one, you know, punks camp can sit at one side and uh, and the pucks and Kenny can sit at the other and Tony could be in the middle. You know what I mean? Put, yeah, to, You want to bring Colt can, there? Bring Colt there. He could be like three-fourths of the way down the table or whatever. Big table. It's a big table. A lot of chairs. Rich, it's got to have like 20 chairs. You know, none of the, only like 10% of the chairs are occupied, but you need the chairs there in between just in case. This is
2: not for you, Rich, but this is for a lot of listeners. You just can't have TK pull a little Carmine and say, your friend Colt, whatever happened there, because then it's all going to blow up. <laughs> right. Okay. So that that's not for you, Rich. That's for some <laughs> listeners are going to pop for that. If the big seat listens, he's going to pop for that. But you have your sit down. Just don't pull a little Carmine and don't bring up Colt Cabana. That's all. All right. Uh, other ones
3: uh, Forbidden Door. Remember that show? That was a pretty good show of uh, professional wrestling action. Uh, a completely wild bill to it as, as punk got hurt in the bill. They had to completely change the entire card. Everything had to go around. Uh, and the end result was essentially, uh, I don't know, one of the greatest wrestling pay-per-views of all time. So worked out pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, it's just, I think that was just a, a very interesting story of the new Japan, AEW relationship. One that felt impossible uh, when AEW began and then obviously cooled off and cooled off, cooled off and to the point where they did a joint pay-per-view in America uh, that blew the fucking house. I mean, it's just an incredible, incredible show. All time. Great show, especially given all the ups and downs and, and bumps in the road to get there. Uh, they got there and they delivered just an incredible top about bottom pay-per-view.
2: Yeah, Forbidden Door was a gigantic, massive, glowing neon L for a lot of people because a lot of people were convinced it was going to fail uh, all of the injuries and the, the strife leading up to the show made a lot of people who were excited about it even think that it wasn't going to work. And then they drew a million dollar gate, a sellout crowd, uh, did a ton of pay-per-view buys, did incredible business to the point where it's now being added as a fifth pay-per-view on the calendar. So Forbidden Door was nothing but a massive success. And oh, by the way, it was the best pay-per-view in wrestling this year. Um. Sports Illustrated readers just voted it the number one pay-per-view of the year.
3: Your boy, Stack Guy Greg, not happy about that. I don't know if you saw that. He was
2: electric with the idea of Forbidden Door yeah. being the best pay-per-view of the year. We, we got to work the cheap heat in here as we usually do. <laughs> and Stack Guy Greg was not happy about this. He was He's so not happy mad. an
3: understatement. He was so bothered by it. Yeah, his you know. wrestling sensibilities were, were 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 violated by the the very idea that people would think this is the best pay per view this year. Well,
2: but it was with War Games. <laughs> he was
3: listing. He listed War Games. Yeah, as he an listed option. War Games, Joe. We watched <laughs> War <that>. Games. <laughs> like even if you wanted to say WrestleMania, okay, the WrestleManias were fun and good, and
2: SummerSlam was fun. War Games. War Games. <laughs> yeah excuse me stack guy, greg war games yeah i can't believe he name dropped war games war and games. then he, he also name dropped wrestlemania either night and night two it has like a six <laughs> on cage match like that that wasn't a good show like what are, what are we doing um yeah stack guy, greg is 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 not happy about this um he said that there's no way forbidden door was the best show of the year by any metric <laughs> First of all, what metrics is he looking? What what are these metrics that we're not um, like? Are there metrics that determine what the what's he using? I would imagine by like
3: raw pay per view buys. If we're talking about people purchasing on pay per view, I mean AEW definitely beat any AEW pay per view beats any WWE pay per view. So
2: all right, let's go down the metrics. Okay, pay per view buys, pay per view buys. Forbidden Door beats any WWE show because it's not even fair because they're PLEs now and they barely run on pay per view. But that's a metric, right? That's odd metric, uh, yeah. How about cage match ratings? Would you consider that a metric? Ah, uh, sure. Let's go with it. Yep. Forbidden Door currently has a nine point two six. Pretty good. The highest, the highest rated WWE pay per view clash at the, castle, oh, it's not, it's the not, castle. are you sure it's not War Games? You want to double check that just to make sure? It is, in fact, not War Games. I'm looking at it now. Is the uh, Clash at the Castle event or whatever that was called? And that's an 8.22 hmm. rich and eight. No other WWE pay per view this year
3: is by less the way. than 9.2.
2: Yes, and no other WWE pay per view is over the eight barrier, they're all seven or lower Kay. for the rest of them. So, there's a that's a metric, right? I mean, yeah, I would consider yeah, the cage match yeah. rating as a metric. How about this metric the voters for the SI best pay per view of the year poll? Yeah,
3: yeah. The 51% of the people at Sports Illustrated who felt it was better.
2: Yeah, so I I don't know what this guy's talking about by any metric. What he means by that is, by my opinion, this was not the best – there's no metric. What metric is he citing? There's no metric. There's no metric, Rich. No, he's very angry about this. And, of course, he named all WWE shows that would have been better. He didn't name any other AEW shows. He didn't name a big new Japanese. No, no show. ref pro
3: York hall show that he felt was a little bit better. No.
2: Maybe he liked one of those impact fucking hard to fight kill. Events. Yeah, he really liked he
3: really liked emergence. He really liked emergence, but felt that, you know, maybe it should have gotten some love.
2: Yeah, maybe Noah running Budokan or something. Or maybe he really liked uh you know, nothing like that. Maybe he liked GCW would, the world. Yes, right. right? Yeah, without the O, yeah, yeah. Yeah, without the without the vowels. <laughs> yeah, uh, right? yeah. But no. No, all all very medium. Cage of survival.
3: He wasn't a huge fan of Cage of Survival this year. So
2: no, he did cite SummerSlam with like two good matches and a bunch of filler. He did cite that as (laughs) better than forbidden. He said war games. Yeah, war games. So bad. (laughs) Um yeah, very gotten to. It's uh yeah. I mean, listen. WWE put out their top ten wrestlers of the year. And had Seth Rollins number one. Ugh. Okay. Spoiler alert. Apologies to Alan, who who works very hard on the FSM slash Voices of Wrestling Fifty, which is coming out when Rich next week. Uh
3: pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Gotta get the uh, the finalized list from Alan, but uh, uh, hopefully uh, pretty soon. I, I of course I don't vote in it, neither do you. But um, uh, hopefully the, the secret the, panel. Yes, the secret, the secret panel. panel will be done compiling their secret list, and we'll figure out who the secret number one is.
2: So, spoiler alert, oh. and apologies to Alan, Seth Rollins didn't even get a vote. <laughs> I'm actually looking, let right alone, now. I'm looking right now if anybody said, Hey, because
3: um, I'm privy to the email conversation. Even though I don't vote, they at least let, let me in on the conversation. So I know how to. Did he
2: get it? Listen, I know he's not in the top 50, but did he even get a single vote? I don't think he, he may That's have gotten a vote. That's
3: what I'm trying to figure out right now. Yeah. he. Uh, so he was on three ballots.
2: All right. So he got three votes.
3: Average rank was make- 27.7, have- so a little a little higher than one. Highest rank, so, 20. Somebody ranked him 20, and that was the highest.
2: And a it, and the rest of the voters didn't even, <laughs> right. didn't even make the list. But, you know. If I so was point making a is- list, Joe, just to let you know, if I was making a list,
3: which of course I do not, uh, right. I would not rank Seth Rollins in my top 50, no.
2: If I were hypothetically making a list, Rich, which of course I <laughs> am not part of the secret panel. I, too, would not have him in my hypothetical top 50 list either, uh, Seth Rollins. But Sports Illustrated, Barasso, had him number one. But that's not enough for Stack Guy, Greg. To have <laughs> he needs that show of the year, too. The sh- he just went fucking apeshit over a non-WWE show, somehow winning best major show of the year, even though rave reviews. Like, even the most ardent skeptics of a w were like oh man that that hit it out of the park that show was fucking great so um they just want it all rich they want it all they can't they don't want to share a crumb and by the way that barasso list was fucking garbage
3: okay <laughs> i didn't even look at it i just assumed it was i at this point i just i saw seth rollins one and i just I clicked out and said i'm,
2: I'm good I, I think i'm okay masha slamovich Number ten, mm. Ma- Masha Slamovich is the tenth best wrestler in the world. Rich, well, I'm sure. Well, then
3: I'd imagine if she was the tenth best, I can imagine all the uh, you know I, I, I've been you know keeping one eye on on, on the Joshi scene this year. Uh, I'd imagine that top ten must be filled with other uh, Joshi wrestlers. Then,
2: uh, not a single oh. Joshi wrestler not on right. the on okay. The
3: top 10. Well, weird. Um, so she's the highest a... ranking woman of the years is Masha Slamovich.
2: No, 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 no. Bianca Belair oh, and Jamie oh, yeah, Hader course, were on the list, and Jamie Hader were on the list, but. Here's what Masha Slamovich was. I'm going to tell you exactly what this was. Justin Barrasso does not think that Masha Slamovich, nice little wrestler, by the way, was the 10th best wrestler in the world this year. This is what this was. It was the number 10 spot. It's totally political. He rubbed his chin in those Sports Illustrated offices sitting next to Frank DeFord and Dr. Z. Right, you're trying, to, you're trying to think cubicle. of. of <laughs> yeah, he us off. Frank DeFord. yeah, he's sitting in a cubicle in between Frank, Frank Ford. DeFord I'm
3: currently looking if Frank To Ford is alive or not. No, he's not uh, dead. He's dead for- yeah, he's a tough kid these days. He has been dead since 2017. So hopefully he's not sitting yeah. next to Frank To Ford. That'd be weird. Doctor Z is dead too. <laughs> <way. laughs> Doctor Z, I think died in the 90s, but, right?
2: But Rich, if, if if you can name a, a current Sports illustrator right, uh, or I palatea, cannot. I, so
3: yeah, I I, I cannot.
2: Ken Rosenthal or something? I don't know. Uh, I don't think
3: he's there anymore. They um, they they pretty much gutted their entire staff. So I I, I do not know any current. Well,
2: curtains. he was Fox. He was Fox anyway.
3: True, true. Um, yeah, I don't know if I – man, that's that's a great question that you bring up is I don't who's know. Who's their
2: baseball? Jonah Carey or is he in prison? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's in prison. In prison. <laughs> yeah, I think he's in prison, yes. Beating his wife, he's never getting out. He's gonna be in jail a long time. Nah, it's a bad dude. Um, yeah, bad, bad, bad dude. Real bad dude. Those stories are horrendous. Let me just um, hide
3: my books that I have from him. Great writer, but uh, yeah, not great.
2: Yeah, um, yeah not great yeah. at all. Rich, you're canceled. Join, join the club. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, here's what Jack Brasso McCallum. Did, Jack McCallum's still there. Jack
3: McCallum. Jackie still McCallum's there. there? Not all Jackie right. McCallum. Jack McCallum, the uh, old guy, old 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 white dude, wrote the um wrote the uh, Dream Team book. Who's Jackie McCallum? Who am I she, thinking
2: You're of? thinking of Jackie McMullen. Jackie McMullen, the Boston yes. basketball writer. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Part of that whole Jesse Collings thing, like he's pals with all them. Uh, McMullen and, and of Bob course, Ryan. All, it's and all the Boston people. Bill so. Simmons. He, watch, he watches football on the weekends with all of them. Did you know that? He's no, like in yeah. with that whole crew. Mm, yeah, they just sit Boston. there and Bob Ryan with his weird teeth. His teeth <laughs> yeah, well I, I've interviewed Bob right before. He's a very nice man. So leave him alone. It does have weird teeth. Yes. Unless he's got teeth like dink. Remember, Dink? <laughs> remember, the, not Dink, the other clown uh, uh, sleazy. Maybe one of them had really uh, pointy there was yellow sleazy,
3: queasy, doink. Dink. Anyway, and I forget there was the other one. Yeah.
2: One of them had razor sharp teeth. It was the, it was the thing of nightmares, <laughs> but um, what Barasso did with this number 10 spot was he rubbed his chin and he said, well, have I covered all bases politically? Do I have some WWE? Do I have some AEW? Did I throw in a couple uh, uh, foreign choices to satisfy those demographics? Do, yeah. And then he said, you know what I don't have? I don't have impact. We got to get some impact representation. And while we're at it, we can check off a third woman on the box too. So let's let. it's either going to be Jordan Grace or Masha Slamovich. And I'm gonna go with Masha Slamovich because that also checks the indie the indie box as well. Yes, yes, right. So that was a total political pick. I mean she's a (laughs) nice little wrestler. Picking,
3: I mean, in this in in the year of our Lord 2022, picking any impact wrestler in front of Josh Alexander. Pretty, it's pretty absurd sus, it's as the kids say, absolutely sus. absurd. And then pretty there's sus. like Bailey, and then there's Alex Shelley, and then, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so, but you're right, you're right. It was, it's fuck we got it, we got to yeah. do impact. Oh, we should probably put another woman on here, too. <laughs> okay, it's between these two. Let's go with Masha. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll, stop, we'll, we'll look, we'll, we'll get some cred by picking an indie wrestler here with the uh, Masha. so Yeah,
2: it's like when, uh, it's during the magazine days of the FSM 50. When we would submit the final list and then Brian Elliott, Who's the great we? editor. Who's we? Who are you talking about? Oh, I mean when they would select the final list. And then and then the the Brian Elliott, the great editor, he'd take a look. And then he would just like – he would take like Roman Reigns or a WWE wrestler that didn't make the list. And he'd just throw him in there at like 22 and then bump off whoever number 50 was and then also put that person on the cover. Because he's like, we gotta sell some fucking <laughs> right, I'm okay. trying to sell some so,
3: shit here, guys. I, we you gotta have dorks. Roman in you here. You fucking nerdy yeah.
2: dorks, like,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if you know Masato Yoshino should be number one. No, no one's gonna buy a goddamn magazine if I have Masato Yoshino on the cover. So no, I'm sorry, it's gonna be. like, you want have you,
2: you want to have Takuya Nomura in there, fine, but we gotta get Roman in there and we gotta put him on the cover, <laughs> right? And this is how it's gonna be. And he would just wedge him in there at some random number and bump everyone else down to the spot. And he's the boss. And that's the way we go. You know, so that's kind of like what happened here. But but stack guy Greg Rich, he just wants it all. He's very greedy. He wants war games to be the show of the year. He can't deal with the fact that the Sports Illustrated readers have spoken. I mean, and the, you know, they 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 picked for which is a valid winner. I mean, it's a great fucking show. The show was incredible. Anyway, what else was a big story here this year? Uh
3: big stories this year as well. Rick Flair. Remember when he uh, had a last match and he nearly died, and then he uh, everybody was like, "Hey, he's going to die in this match," uh, and then he almost died, and then he didn't die, and he kind of looked like he was going to die, and then the, the match ended, and I I don't know, he was fine, I guess. So <laughs> it was very bizarre, weird, and strange, and uncomfortable for a lot of people. But uh, I don't know, I. Uh, I had a perverse enjoyment of the build and, and, and the match itself. I mean, it's a horrific, you know, it was weird as hell, but I don't know. I kind of enjoyed watching it. I mean, it was it was sad as fuck to watch, but also it's wrestling. I, I don't know. Do you, do you, did you ever end up actually watching that match? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, of course. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, do, do you have
2: the same vibe I had? I mean, I don't know. I, I you know, my stance. I don't, I don't. I don't get off on watching old guys wrestle, even if I thought they had great careers and I was fans of them. I'm, I'm done with that. I want to watch new people wrestle. I want to watch people in their prime wrestle. I don't get off on this Muto stuff. I didn't, I didn't the Liger thing was okay, but it's like, cause he could still go a little bit. That's a little different. Like, like flair, like it, this old decrepit version of, Fla- I don't, people get into watching like Fujiwara uh, who looks like he's so brittle. He's going to turn to dust when he gets in the ring. These, I have never been into that, so I don't. I don't know if I wanna. If I wanna reminisce about the great Ric Flair, I'm gonna go watch something from 1983. I'm not. I, you know what I mean. I don't want to watch him struggle through a match and almost die against Jay Lethal in 2022. Right. So I'm the wrong person to ask. For a lot of people who were big Ric Flair fans who grew up with him and love Ric Flair, I, I'm sure it was a great moment for them. Or maybe it wasn't because this one was so completely absurd. It
3: was it but, was yeah, I didn't enjoy it in the sense that like I was watching Ric Flair, but like there was this weird perverse, like, how are they gonna get around this match? Like, how are they gonna do this? Like, what are they doing? Why are they doing this uh type of thing? And I thought Jay Lethal, like, it, it was one of these things where I got really into the dynamics of, like, what is Jay Lethal thinking while he's in the ring here? What is Jeff Jarrett thinking while he's in the ring here? What are these guys thinking as they're trying to maneuver around this guy and make sure whatever they do, they don't kill him? Because he's <laughs> he is on multiple times on the verge of a of, of very, very serious uh, whatever the hell's going on in his body. And it was like, you know, I, I thought it was masterful performance by all of those guys trying to work around that and trying to kind of, you know, maneuver around this almost quite literal corpse of, of Ric Flair in this match. So that that's where I got kind of a perverse enjoyment out of it. Not necessarily watching Ric Flair nearly die in the ring. That didn't do much for me, but uh, it was a weird and I'm glad we're past it. Uh, and I'm sure he's going to go do it again because of course he's going to do it again because he's Ric Flair.
2: You know, the steamboat one didn't get nearly the same attention. Number one, because steamboat's just not a big star as Ric Flair. Number two, there wasn't that perverse. Is he going to die aspect to it? And it just didn't have the same level of buzz. You know, and I didn't even see that one and probably never will. But I thought that was interesting.
3: Uh, other ones, uh in New Japan. Obviously, that whole thing, that very, very weird. Uh, looks like it. I don't know, Joe, have you seen the other? There's pictures of uh, of, of one Kotabushi up in the rafters. Did you see that uh, from over the weekend during the uh what was the show that uh, that Kodobushi was at? It was that weird some Anoki uh, Anoki Bumbaye, something another whatever thing. But uh, yeah, it there, there looked like it was Kodobushi there. It looked like he was there with some New Japan officials. So I don't know. You can never predict any move that this man makes.
2: No, just when you and think he's going to zig, he zags. So it's <laughs> every time. This could have been an attempt at a reconciliation. This could have been he was their guest and they're hammering out the exit strategy since his contracts come and due, this could have been Kadani getting a whiff of cyber agents sniffing around and thinking, ah, we, cause they're, they, they think Bushi road feels, they are operating like they're in a war with cyber agent, with Noah and DDT and all those collected, um collective promotions under that umbrella they are treating this like they're under like they're in a wrestling war so it's also possible that you know news broke here by the way that there's that they're negotiating with abushi and maybe kadani's like maybe we can make this work simply to keep him away from them i don't know but when it comes to abushi you can never predict anything this man is going to do so who knows
3: and, uh, yeah, obviously that was seen throughout 2022 where he then went on just, you know, obviously he, he goes away for a while. Then he starts tweeting out about the Yakuza and his mom's attempted suicide. And I was like, Oh my God, what is going on? That, that felt like a wild story for a while. That felt like that could have gone in so many more wild directions than it did. Uh, and thankfully it just kind of stopped. And went cold and everybody kind of went their separate ways and, and, and and everybody sort of cooled off a little bit, but good Lord, there was, there was a week there where it was like, if this guy keeps doing what he's doing, like this thing is going to be bad for a lot of people. It's going to be bad for the entire Japanese wrestling scene. If this guy keeps on tweeting out about this stuff and keeps on saying these sort of things and keeps, I mean, this could have been a mega, 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 mega story, but it ended up, you know, just kind of being a, Hey, wow, this guy's being crazy for a weekend. And then it kind of cooled down a little bit, but, uh, it got wild there for a bit.
2: It got wild for a while there. Yeah. Yeah. And it still is, is unresolved. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. It's going to take us into the to this year. He's going to wrestle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Soon. Yeah.
3: Wrestle somewhere very soon as well. Uh, Sasha Banks, and Naomi walk out of WWE, throw their titles on the ground, walk out. Uh, the next step of whatever Sasha's going to do, uh, hopefully see that in the next couple of days. Naomi is still TBD, but uh, that was a really big story. They, the champions, Sasha Banks being one of the biggest stars in that company, threw her titles on the ground and told Vince man to go fuck himself and left. And that was it. And then got called never. out on television about it.
2: <laughs> yes. And then never to return. And somehow wiggled her way out of her contract. So some savvy negotiating by someone.
3: Yeah, that 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 will probably be a bigger story once we finally see her appear somewhere else. It's going to be, oh wow, okay, she did actually, she got this done. Like she left, she actually did throw those titles on the ground and leave and maneuver way out of her contract. So yeah, that's that's a story that like I think will 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 add relevance a little bit more in the next year as we see what ends up happening with Sasha, but.
2: Well, she's the boss. She's the boss,
3: Rich.
2: Not in New Jersey, though. She's not the boss. (laughs) No, not in one place. She can never, never replace the boss. uh, She cannot be the boss in New Jersey. Okay, that's uh, that. But everywhere else, she can be the boss. Uh, Cody Rhodes leaves AEW to join WWE. I mean, obviously, that
3: was a mega story when it happened. One of the big because what that was all about more than just Cody Rhodes joining WWE, which was big on its own, but it was like the first rebuttal from WWE in this war. Like the war had been seemingly the talent war had been kind of one sided. A lot of people leaving WWE to join AEW person after person leaving WWE to joining AEW. Now you get a big time star in AEW joining you know, leaving that company to join WWE, and it's also one of the guys that founded the fucking company, you know what I mean? One of the main guys, one of the top, top-tier guys, one of the guys that was the face of the company, leaving to go back to WWE. I mean, this was a huge, huge momentum swing in the way, uh, you know, this quote-unquote pro-wrestling war. I mean, this was this is big. This is a monumental moment in this war uh, as, as WWE took their next big shot at them and kind of the rebuttal, their rebuttal, their, their, their counterpunch, whatever you want to call it. This is a big deal, and it moved business. It moved tangible business when it happened. Cody Rhodes comes out at WrestleMania. Things start doing well. Houses do well. Uh, Pay-per-views do well. I mean, they're doing the countdown clocks on the show. Remember the the Cody countdown clocks on those shows? Yeah, they'd have a raw and say Cody Rhodes is coming in an hour and 14 minutes, and it's like every commercial break, it's like ding, 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 ding. We're counting down to Cody. It's like, and it works, and people watched, and people would stick with the show and watch it, and his quarter hours are doing well. I mean, a tangible business mover, uh, and, and and a big time story, and then obviously he gets hurt right in between the, right in the middle of it, and it might actually help him a little bit because he's going to come back now whenever he does come back, whether it be the rumble or rainy or whatever it's going to be. And he's going to be a gigantic megastar again, and not have the kind of stink of being on WWE every single week. But uh, yeah, huge, huge story. Uh, it, it, not only just for Cody, but also for the processing war, uh, with Cody Rhodes, leaving a W to join WWE.
2: And a smart move by Vince, because, uh, Cody is basically a giant billboard facing in the direction of the AEW locker room, telling everybody in it, if you get over there, we will treat you like a star here. And we didn't know that would be the case until Cody made the jump, right? There was some uncertainty there because no one had made the jump yet. Cody was the first person to make the jump in that direction. Plenty of people made the jump the other way, but you had a locker room full of people not knowing whether Vince and the WWE were going to respect anything you accomplished there and consider you a television star. Well, Vince very wisely by positioning Cody as one of the biggest stars in the company and putting him definitively over Seth Rollins, three matches to none, and pushing him in the manner he did with the countdown clocks and the big entrance at Mania and everything else, that was a very savvy move and it told the rest of that AEW locker room, "Oh, okay. If we get over here, they'll treat us like a star there as well.
3: Very right, important And move. didn't beat him in the way, you know, there was a lot of ways, and we speculated too, like, what's going to happen? Are they going to say, hey, you know, kid, you're, you're, you're in the big leagues now again, so you got to pay your dues again. They didn't do any of that shit. He came out, he had his music, he had a fucking $9,000 worth of pyro, and then he was a star from day one. 9000 no, probably 19,000, 90,000, yeah. I should say. Yeah, that was a never ending stream of pyro coming out uh, as he did that. But like it just never, I mean, they, they from Jump said, This guy's a star. And he felt like a star too. He felt on that show and in that company where everybody feels like they're just on a giant hamster wheel. That guy came out and was a fucking star with a capital S right out of the gates. And the fans saw him as that. The company saw him as that, and 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 you could see the tangible business moving when he did that. I mean, that was a huge, huge story at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and, and, and,
2: and, and you know, and you know, for Vince and WWE, it also works the other way because not only did they treat him like a star, but their fan base accepted him like a major star. Yeah, which also told WWE, okay, whatever they're doing over there, they're getting people over. So that's why the Cody move. Uh, aside from just being a shocking departure because of all of the reasons you said about him being a founder and a, and a VEDP and all of those things. It also for, um, you know, other reasons is an enormous story because it gave WWE confidence that these wrestlers getting over there really are over. And it gives, and it sends a message to their locker room that you will be welcomed here and you will be pushed. We will not treat you, like uh like a second hand citizen or make you prove yourself all over again we'll we'll bring you in and we'll treat you accordingly you know and that's something that whether it was impact or ring of honor or to some degree even new japan although they did do a good job with aj styles and nakamura to be fair so maybe we should have seen this coming was never the case previous if you came in from another place you had to prove yourself all over again that's not the case now and Uh, They showed that with Cody and the fact now if Cody hadn't gotten over in WWE that would probably have changed their mindset like oh okay this little company over here they're doing nice television ratings but these people are only over to their limited yeah they're a little
3: small audience they're a little niche audience that, that that watches their dork little show or whatever but no Cody was like the biggest guy getting the biggest pops on every show that he was on.
2: Yeah. Cody showed them that there was a legitimate crossover in the fandoms in terms of when people get over. So, and moved and and moved a lot of
3: fans over. I mean, you could see the tangible, the ratings changes and and the quarter hours and all those sort of things that even if, you know, even there is a crossover, there's of course a big crossover, but even AEW fans started checking out and say, well, hold on a minute. (laughs) I'm going to see what Cody's doing over here. And I, I know that for, I mean, I know personally, and, and we all know people that probably were, like, hey, what the hell is this Cody and and checked it out and watched it and and very similar to when, you know, the, the, the Vince McMahon Triple H, you know, switch happened. A lot of people came in and checked it out again. And the Cody stuff, unlike the Triple H, you know, Paul Levesque thing, that was okay. I'm watching and I don't see anything that's that much different Then I'm going to go away. And that happened very quickly. The Cody stuff was like, oh, I'm watching and this guy's like the biggest fucking star in this entire show. And this is awesome. And it was cool. The Cody stuff was cool as fuck. Like it was really good. Like, it, well, it, you it, it, know why? You know why they pushed him? Oh, weird. They pushed a guy and made him a star because he was. He a star. won his matches. Yeah, man, it's so hard to get these guys over these days when all you can do is have a guy come out, cool as fuck, music, look cool as fuck, have him win all of his matches, and say that guy's cool as fuck, and it works. Wow, weird, strange. Yeah, not yeah. that hard. Wrestling is actually quite easy when you make it uh, uh, when you do it well. But yeah, huge, huge mega story there. Uh, Cody Rhodes joining WWE. And now real quickly, um, just going to run down a few other ones here. I found a website, AIPTcomics.com. that the 60 wildest wrestling stories of 2022. Uh, so I grabbed a few of the the my favorite ones here uh, real quick. Feel free to stop me, interrupt me if you want to uh, chime in on uh, any of these. Uh, this one started at the beginning of the year. And this all kind of, t- this is a couple different news stories lumped into one there, but started with day one, WWE day one, Roman got covid and that, in a roundabout way, led to Biggie losing his title to Brock Lesnar, which led to the undisputed title, and then Biggie breaking his neck in <laughs> like a couple, yeah. like two yeah. months times. Biggie went from the champion to you're losing to Brock to okay, you broke your neck and now you're gonna be out for a while.
2: It's just I, I will I will hold the following stance until the day I die. When it comes to the new day, guys, I really really wish. Big E had gotten the Kofi push and Kofi had gotten the Big E push because they never were truly behind Big E and he didn't have a chance. And from from his very first television appearance after he won the title, it was clear that they didn't consider him a real champion. Whereas if Big E would have been in the Kofi spot, if you magically put Big E in that spot and they try
3: no matter what you want to say, they knew that there was an expiration date to the Kofi thing. But that was they 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 after WrestleMania it was that guy. This is your run with this title right now.
2: Yeah, but my point is, if it would have been Big E, there wouldn't have been an expiration date. I agree. He would have he would have legitimately gotten over as a as a new major top line star because he has all of those intangibles that Kofi just doesn't have. And I have nothing against Kofi Kingston. I've enjoyed watching him wrestle you know, since he popped up on WWE, C W in 2007 or whatever with the fake Jamaican accent and everything. I like him just fine. But Big E had the star quality and those intangibles that Kofi doesn't. And I believe that if he would have been on that run instead of Kofi. Now, the Kofi thing just happened organically. Mustafa Ali got hurt. Kofi took the spot. The fans rallied behind him. So it's not like they actively chose Kofi over Big E. That isn't how it played out. But I'm just saying in some world where you can magically switch spots, Big E would have been much better suited for that push and it would have worked as opposed to the Kofi thing flaming out because he just isn't a top guy. And Kofi would have been better suited for this weird thing at the beginning of the year where it was like a fake title run that they never believed in. And you could have given Kofi his gold watch in that scenario as opposed to the other one where someone really could have become a star if it was someone – who had better star potential than Kofi did. That's all. I just feel like if you could swap them, things would have worked out a lot different for Biggie. Uh, other
3: stories: uh, Mickey James in the Royal Rumble, and people pretend that WWE and Impact have a relationship, which uh, we at the time laughed about and made fun of. Uh, and we've been proven very, very right time and time again about that, as people were tripping over themselves to to write articles about. Oh, now we're going to get Moose versus Roman Reigns, and you and I, I remember at the time said this relationship is as much as WWE calling Mickey, Mickey saying, "Ah, you know, I'm the Impact champion," and then you know, Impact saying, uh, ah, just wear the title, okay." You know, it, it was it was so loose. And so nothing, but then people just pretended because they said Impact Wrestling on WWE that oh my god, the forbidden the real forbidden door is WWE and Impact Wrestling, and then it lasted for like nothing. It was literally that show and then nothing ever again. So
2: great you know what's funny? These fucking clowns, these WWE hardcores, they will rip on AEW morning, noon, and night for working with New Japan. They'll they'll still claim to this day that Forbidden Door was a failure, which I can't understand why you would say that unless you're just completely ignorant to facts but any whiff of wwe working with new japan and their fantasy book in okada at wrestlemania it's unbelievable (laughs) how the tone shifts instantly if it's nobody knows who these
3: guys are it's japanese wrestling who cares nobody in america cares whoa
2: (laughs) okada versus rollins yeah (laughs) kenny kenny omega kenny omega gets sent to impact wins their title gives them the best 18 to 49 numbers they've ever done on on Anthem G- does record breaking pay-per-view business for Impact and these people will tell you that Kenny Omega was a negative for Impact and then Mickey James will show up at the Royal Rumble and they start fantasy booking Moose versus Roman Reigns <laughs> right. This is this is how these people they operate get they just out immediately do Yeah <laughs> they pretend it was
3: like they, all they did. I mean if you didn't watch the Rumble and you thought they're like they're like, yeah, hey, Mickey James, she's the Impact Wrestling Women's Champion. Then she gets in the ring and then like a minute later, she's like <laughs> it was nothing. It was nothing. It was yeah. zero. And all it was was because they didn't have enough women to fill out a rumble. They said, Ah, fuck, who do we call? They looked at their list of recent, you know, <laughs> employees and went, ah, yeah. hell, call Mickey. And then Mickey said, Well, yeah, I'm the Impact Wrestling Champion, so I don't know if that's gonna be a problem. And they said, Ah man, I don't know. Is it gonna be a problem? And Scott Damore said, No, it's not a
2: problem. Could she just come up with the impact title? And they said, sure, whatever. The end. <laughs> like, the end. Nobody, nobody in that company knew she was wrestling in impact. <laughs> no. Nobody. They called the number that they had for Mickey James and said, Hey, uh, you yeah. available for yeah. the Rumble? And she
3: said, uh, maybe there's a quite a little bit of a problem. I have the impact wrestling yeah. title. And then yeah, they they somebody and called Scott Demore and yeah. said, Hey, can we have Mickey for the Rumble? And they said and he said, Yeah, sure, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> that's the relationship. And uh, we saw that. We called that at the time. And uh, lo and behold, Moose and Roman Reigns never did happen. So uh, Shane McMahon returns and is fired in the span of a few hours. That was <laughs> from ever. Yeah, the weird
2: world. Rumble <laughs> he story went to Randy the rumble,
3: Jordan. started doing his bad punches to people, tried to like throw guys out. It was really weird. And then he got back and everybody said, well, they fired Shane McMahon. <laughs> so it was like, oh, all right, cool. I guess he like tried to book himself. He, he was trying to politic to like throw half the guys out, and they were like, "All right, Shane, we're we're done here, pal. Have uh, have a have a good life. Do, go do whatever you're going to do now." Okay, uh, two hundred five live dies. Rip two hundred five live. Also, rip NXT UK.
2: Yeah, so two hundred five live. There were certain eras of that show that were really really good, um, and there were other eras of that show that were really really bad. And then by the end it was basically developmental to the developmental and it converted, it kind of morphed into NXT level up. So um, it had a decent run, like 205 Live existed longer than people think because I think a lot of people gave up on it and then didn't realize it was still a thing very, you know, maybe a year into it or whatever uh, when, when Vince gave up on it. Because remember, he was featuring it on Raw a lot, TJP and Akira Tozawa and people like that. And then when he got bored and, you know, he went through the Enzo era and that led to Pac walking out. And um, then they had another cool era after that where there was a bunch of like when Mike Bennett was there and Kenta and nobody was watching except for me and Joe Gagney. And they were having kick ass matches every week. And then it just became this weird thing that was like a side, a, a little NXT side developmental deal that was featuring guys that were clearly not cruiserweights and even women's wrestling. And it was the name of the show was just no longer a description of what the show was. And then it just turned into NXT level up. So, um, but yeah, I think in the future, there's a lot of really good stuff there that's worth digging up and and discovering um, during the eras of that show where people had stopped paying attention. There's a lot of hidden gems, believe me, because I watched them all.
3: Yeah. At some point someone's going to, watch the you know at some point somebody is going to go back and and rewatch some of that stuff and find some of that stuff and yeah every time I checked in with 205 live I I always enjoyed it and it was uh, very similar to you you did a write-up at flagship patreon.com we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later about you know your your shows of the year and I don't watch level up very often I I like I've watched maybe Six or seven episodes of Level Up, and it's just like when
2: you when you're really really bored. Yeah, I'm like god damn it.
3: I just want something kind of in the background while I work on something, and I don't really want to focus on it. So I, I and so I uh, sometimes I'll throw on Level Up, and Level Up is a perfectly competent professional wrestling show, and that is at a certain point with 205 Live became, and it, it all fe- it featured a lot of really 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 good talents, and for the most part, it was just kind of it was a pro wrestling show. It, it, it was devoid of a lot of the other WWE bullshit. People really didn't pay attention to it. And, and so they kind of did their own little thing and had their own little stuff. And there's always a WWE show like that for, for as long as WWE has existed, there always been this kind of weird show that, that nobody really cared about. It was Saturday night. WCW Saturday night had that similar run in like, 2000 where like they didn't care about it anymore and they were just like Jimmy Hart uh, book whatever you want to book whatever do whatever who cares who gives a shit it's Saturday night and he went and ended up having like a pretty fun little run for like a year and a half where he'd have their own little stories and their own little micro things or whatever and you know OVW existed at a certain point in WWE it wasn't on TV but like They were just sick of Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman interrupting them in creative meetings, so they sent them all down to Louisville, and then they booked their own little show, and it was actually kind of cool and kind of fun and kind of interesting, and FCW was kind of that way when it first started, and NXT and the first WWE Network was kind of that way where it felt felt separate from the company. It felt like its own little weird thing, and at a certain point, 205 Live took on that as well where it was just like, hey, this is kind of... I don't know. It's not It's not good. I, I can't say it's good, but it's not. There
2: were eras where it flat out was good. Yeah but, yeah. but there were eras where it was just existed. And there were eras where it was bad. You know, it it, it kind of fluctuated.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, know? I mean, the, the worst era was the Brian Kendrick era. And the Vince McMahon clearly thinks that he needs to control this show era. You could tell. I mean, you could tell the day that Vince McMahon started caring about 205 Live. And you could tell the day that Vince McMahon stopped caring about 205 Live. Because that show took a dramatic switch.
2: <laughs> the, the the Enzo era was yes. pretty bad because that was a departure from the solid in ring action that it was. And um, there was a time a couple
3: people of- are not going to believe this. There was a time where Enzo Amore was not only the most featured act on Two Hundred Five Live, but the the most featured act on the third hour of WWF Raw. Every single yeah, WWE Raw. I have WWF yeah. WWE Raw, WWF Raw. Because there was this weird thing where they just decided that the third hour sucked and that nobody was ever going to watch the third hour anyway but when they put Enzo on it it did okay so then they just decided every third hour would have Enzo so they would get like all the big time stars would be an hour one and hour two and then hour 3 would be a lot of Enzo stuff and then they would build up to a five live on that third it was so weird so strange for a little while but yeah. you know hey
2: two uh, two other examples velocity had that feel ah, for a velocity, while
3: perfect perfect yes
2: and um superstars from like 2011 to 2012 was like a wrestling show. Yeah, yeah. the
3: the Chris Masters era of of superstars where people would tell you, I swear to God, Chris Masters is having good matches. And you say, Okay, okay, sure. And then you watch, you'd be like, Holy shit, Chris Masters is having good matches. Unbelievable.
2: Chris Masters, Vance Archer, (laughs) right? Vance Archer with the haircut. Um, And and, uh, Drew McIntyre and the Usos and, um, you know, people like that. And they were just, you know, they'd have two, three matches a week and they, it was just a tight little wrestling show and it had its own little self contained storylines. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it, it was, it was good shit for about a year there. And that year also happens to not be on Peacock, of course, oh. because I've always, I've wanted to revisit that era of superstars of for, for a while. It's just, you know, they, it's just not there, but anyway, um, uh, two or five, as far as NXT UK, we feel like that's probably coming back and it's going to be, change to something a little bigger and you, you, you know Paul Levesque has this idea where he wants to go global we all saw we all have seen the map which has become a meme <laughs> The reversal and, of the of map. I love the reversal of the gif because there's the gif where he's like you know he's standing there
3: and the arrows are pointing to Europe and then it's pointing to Africa and then it's pointing to Russia and then it's pointing to China <laughs> and then if somebody reversed the gif where it's just all of them are fading away little yeah, by little I yeah. love it I laugh so much like, with like, this dopey like the, little face and his dopey little beard and stuff it's
2: the best. like back to the future where Marty McFly is holding the picture of yeah. his siblings and they're yeah. slowly disappearing.
3: <laughs> right. It's um, like
2: Russia. <laughs> nope. Not going to go there. China. No, that's
3: not happening. India. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. Africa. Eh, yeah. Maybe one of these days. Europe. Nope. We're going now. But no, they're, they're obviously going to do NXT Europe again or whatever, Wh- whatever it's going to be. But But what the husk that was NXT UK that died in 2020 and basically was just on yeah, life they, support they, for two they, years, yeah. basically
2: and they kept the best of them. They kept Walter, they kept Charlie Dempsey, they kept um Ilya Dragonov, they kept the Grizzled Young Butch. vets. Butch they he kind of yeah, so they kept all the best of the best. And um and Ila too. And uh and, oh, yeah. and we'll see what happens as well. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see when they come back, you know, Kay- Kaylee Ray, they kept, you know, Alba Fire or whatever her name is now, you know, they, 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 they I'll be honest, they did a good job keeping the right ones. I mean, you know, that, from that perspective, but, um, you know, Tyler Bate allegedly is with the company somewhere. So, um, man, talk about a career that has just gone sideways, you know, that guy. Uh, chapters could be written. Oh, on, I, on I wrote an article
3: career. about him last year and, like, look at what's yeah. happened in the last year. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. I, and I forget what he turned. He turned, like, 23. And I was just like, good God, this guy's only 23.
2: <laughs> well, that famous, that 25. famous Tyler He turned 25, sorry. There's that famous quote when, you know, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, when someone asked him, where do you think you'll be in a decade? And his answer was, still in my 20s. And it's like, Cause he was so good so soon and so early, you know, and here he is and he's still only 25 years old. And it feels like he's been in that company a lifetime and doing nothing, nothing. for like the last three or yeah. four years. I mean, just absolutely nothing, uh, but they kept all the right people. And I'm sure we'll see, you know, I think it was smart to kill that brand. Cause that brand had a stink to it and they'll, they'll, they'll rebuild it with a new name and new imagery and, uh, maybe they'll you know maybe they'll find a new puppeteer for for Johnny Saints and bring him back to to <laughs> they'll give someone else the password to his twitter account and and uh, you know and 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 then bring him back and then who knows but um you know so it's gone for now but i think we'll see that one come back
3: um other ones real quick i'll kind of rapid fire these ones here uh remember woke bay ally uh buff bagwell twitter for that month that that happened the worst the dumbest story ever we told people hey beware it's buff Bagwell. it's probably not what it is yeah no i I, you all you all the listeners of this very show you were all smart you knew that uh buff bagwell marcus alexander bagwell didn't wake up one day and just say ah i am an ally (laughs) And decide to tweet the most you know and he's ah, i buff bagwell woke up one day and decided that he loved anime and, and like it's what are you doing why are you falling for this and people did hook line and sinker uh but there you go yeah it's, turns out marcus hey, alexander being, bagwell not an ally
2: <laughs> We're yeah 50 year old man from georgia georgia is not yeah so um we are being told in the chat that that entire era of superstars is on the WWE YouTube channel for free. Interesting. I was not a I was huh. not aware that the WWE YouTube channel had that, that kind of content. I'll be completely honest. So uh I would have
3: up. never known that. I would have never yeah, I'll have to I'll have to double check that. Um yeah, looks like it might be there. Let me here, let me let me mute this real quick.
2: Let's look at the oh, holy shit, yeah. There they are. All right, well, if you're one of the half a dozen listeners to this show who has never seen Chris Masters versus Drew McIntyre, the, the famous leg match.
3: I think that's your match think, of the week. That's got to be your match of the week soon, right?
2: Should I do it? I'll do it. Okay. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll, fuck I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll make that. All right, I'll let everybody know that's going to be match of the week uh, behind the paywall. We'll do the leg match. I would think most of our listeners would be privy to that match by now, but who knows? We always overestimate that kind of thing, but... um, all right there you go i'll make that the match of the week anyway what else we got Yeah, they're all
3: there well holy shit there you go all right anyway um other ones real quick here uh the authors of pain legion of pain world entertainment series nft promotion thing that happened that was yeah remember that that was that was great um everybody beat up sammy guevara for like a week or two got in the fight with andrade got in the fight with eddie kingston getting punched a lot probably be more of that in the future (laughs) i don't think yeah i don't think that's gonna go anytime soon uh the carl anderson saga we're kind of living that right now so uh hopefully it it reaches its end uh january 4th the nick aldis nwa drama again that's kind of ongoing right now we touched on that a couple weeks ago uh william regal leaving AEW, manu rose fired all that stuff we have touched on obviously very recently uh and then oh the jeff hardy dui uh, that that return that he makes and the, the very weird, awkward return that I wasn't really into, but some people were into. And then it just all ends exactly how it was probably always going to end with Jeff, Jeff Hardy getting a DUI. So that hopefully is the uh, the end of that. And then a uh, few deaths in the world of wrestling. Major ones. Scott Hall passes away uh, earlier in the year. Antonio Inoki obviously. Uh, Passes away, probably the biggest, uh, uh, you know, one of the biggest stars in wrestling, one of the biggest names in wrestling history uh, passes away. And I don't know if we touched on this at the time, but Kitamura, the big giant guy from New Japan for wrestling that everybody thought was like the next big thing. I think he won the Young Lion Cup. Uh, he passed away at a very 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 young age i don't know something like 33 32 let me get the exact age that he was but way 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 too young uh for him to pass away so yeah that that kind of people might not have people may have missed that story cuz it kind of you know he was out of the limelight for a while 36 he was 36 when he passed away uh but uh yeah he passed away way 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 too young in a very uh i don't know yeah i don't i don't know what that story went very bad very quickly and and he um I don't know. Yeah, it, it didn't work out with New Japan. Didn't work out in wrestling, and he he got in the world of competitive bodybuilding. And and yeah, passing away uh, at the age of thirty six is 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 not good. You definitely do not. Uh, yeah, terrible. Where do you think Nick Aldis lands? <sighs> I don't know because I don't think he's. I don't think he's a WWE guy. I really. I, I mean, they might pretend he is, but I don't know if he's got that vibe to him you know what i mean i don't know i looks good in a suit i guess i guess you could do that but i don't know i don't i don't know i i really don't know i don't think he fits in any major company i don't think he fits in aw i don't know if i'd want to see him in aw necessarily i don't think he really fits in i i, I don't think he fits in WWE. i don't know maybe you disagree uh with this guy i mean he, he carries himself like a wwe superstar or whatever but I don't know if he can really go and I think it'll be exposed pretty quickly. And I don't, yeah, he's kind of, he's this weird guy. That's in a limbo. Like NWA is like the perfect landing spot for Nick Aldis, which, you know, I I don't know. I'm not sure where he goes. I I don't have a good read on it.
2: I think he's tailor made for WWE. You do. Yeah. Um, Obviously he's a really good talker and I think he can work at a competent level. And um, you know, a lot of people make the connection with with Cody because they worked that program for the NWA title, but I don't think they get along. So I don't think that's, I wouldn't, uh... I don't think they get along. I, I I know at one time there was some, I don't don't want to talk about it. So whether, but either way, you know, there was a time where they didn't see eye to eye would probably be the best way to put it. Yeah. And it was years ago. So who knows? But, um. yeah I, I think he's that's his best fit I mean because he can't I wanna, just
3: go waltz back on impact you know what I mean like that would feel
2: like a major step down yeah. but it's the obvious destination because, right
3: with Mickey there and, and, and Mickey being involved and stuff so yeah yeah so uh, I if he went to I mean if he went to impact he'd be like a top top dude if that's if he cares that it depending on what he cares about if he cares about just getting a, a, a consistent paycheck and 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 being in the big leagues or whatever, then yeah, he can waltz into be just fine. And 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 I don't know where he fits. I don't know exactly what they 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 do with him. But like you know, somebody points out in the note of Sharron Jordan is that they've had a lot of opportunities to get him and have never really ever. They've always passed on him. And they had him. Who originally. WWE? Yeah, Nick Aldis. Like, yeah, he's he's been at uh, their disposal multiple times, and they've just always kind of not. Been, and that that may have been, maybe maybe that's a Vince thing and not a Triple H thing. Whatever. It's 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 obviously a new regime in terms of of of, of talent acquisition or whatnot, but.
2: Impact is probably the the answer there, but I don't know that I like. With the way that he talks and carries himself, a good booker can get a lot out of him. I that might not be a possibility. Well, unfortunately,
3: take. Paul Levesque is uh, booking WWE, Joe, so I don't know if that's going to work then.
2: Yeah, see, I think he's tailor made for them, but I don't think that they would get the most out of him. I think that a good booker, with the way he looks, carries himself, and talks can get a lot out of Nick Aldis. And that might not be a popular take with our listeners because they tend to be very negative on Nick Aldis. Um, but just, I feel like there's, I, I would have ideas. I'm not going to fantasy book because you know I hate that. But I have ideas in my head of how I would present Nick Aldis and what I would do with Nick Aldis. And, you know, he'd be a really good fit for the ROH branch of Tony's uh, umbrella of companies. I And that, again... People will probably bury me for that, but... um, I like that. I I don't hate that either. I think as as a manager slash wrestler who does a lot of talking for people who can't talk, you can get a lot out of him without getting too deep in the weeds with dopey fantasy booking. I mean, you put him out there and he carries himself like a pro. He looks like a star. He talks like a star. And he's got a stable of guys and their heels. And I think you, there's something there that you can get at, And I think he'd be perfect for Ring of Honor. But um, I don't know. He's going to – he has the fallback option of impact, though, for sure.
3: For sure. Yeah, that, that'll always be there. And uh, some other people are pointing out in the chat room that, uh, that that Bruce Pritchard has always said that he has had heat with Nick Aldis as well for something yeah, going so. back to NXT. But again, those are years ago, so I don't know. People kind of forget about stuff. But, yeah, I didn't and the thing with Nick Aldis, he he can sometimes rub people the wrong way. I mean I know a lot of people want to take you know his side versus Billy and and you probably should. I, I'd imagine I probably would too if I if if both people sat down and explained their side of the stories, but this isn't the first time that someone's kind of you know not gotten along with Nick Aldis or that Nick Aldis hasn't gotten along with them. He he has he has a way about him that uh, that can sometimes rub people. Yeah, the Yeah, he's
2: way. he's had heat with a lot of people. The thing with Nick Aldis, he came across really great with Sam Roberts. I watched the whole thing. What you also have to remember, though, is that was very, he very much did that specifically. That was a PR. He's doing job interviews. Yeah, it's their podcast slash job interviews. That's exactly what that was. It was him. So he was making it a point to come across as well-spoken, calm, and level-headed as possible. And he had very legitimate gripes with the NWA. I agreed with a lot of his. Oh, of course. Of course. I don't know what happened between Billy Corgan and Mickey James. And that's the guy's wife. And you're always going to stand up for your wife. Okay. And I don't know what happened there. And, and, and that, you know, that I'm going to stay out of, but the other gripes he had with the company, I agreed with the vast majority of them. And, you know, he defended himself against the idea that he was demanding to have the title put back on him and all that. And he came across, um, um, uh, uh, trustworthy when he spoke, but, but, you know, but yeah, like you said, the, that interview was, and he knew that was a nice soft landing spot because Sam Roberts isn't going to push you. He's not going to, uh, he's not going to, you know, this isn't going to be some hard hitting, you know, he, he knew the place to go to do that type of PR interview, but he came across very well. So I don't know. We're spending way too much time on nickels. <laughs> definitely. Definitely.
3: Definitely. Uh, but then there you go again, Scott Hall, uh, Inoki, and Kitamura uh, passing away. I think there were a few. Um, that's what I. That's what I have on my notes. So I apologize if I am missing any other wrestlers, major wrestlers that passed away uh, this year. But that's what I have uh, on my notes. So that was 2022, a uh, pretty wild year. Um, I did a guest spot on uh, Josh Nason's uh, Punch Out podcast on the uh, uh, Figure Four uh, website, WrestlingObserver.com, as well. And we were kind of discussing. Will every like was this a particularly crazy? year in pro wrestling or is every year in pro wrestling going to be kind of crazy and kind of weird because of the nature of having two major companies and and we both kind of agreed that it's probably that every single year is just going to kind of be this way. Like this year maybe is a little bit more crazy cuz you have the Vince McMahon stuff, you have a few other things, the brawl out, like those are kind of once in a lifetime things, but when you have two major companies this stuff is this way. Like go back and read old observers from the 90s. Go read during the Monday Night Wars or whatever it's crazy shit every single week like crazy stuff happens when there's a wrestling war we just got used to there's probably a lot of wrestling fans that grew up when wrestling was boring as fuck for for a lot of years especially a major american wrestling which is just boring as hell one company that was it but like yeah this kind of happens this this is this is what is going to happen with two major companies they're going to be fighting for for talent they're going to be fighting for spots they're going to be fighting for tv they're going to be fighting fighting for business all that sort of stuff and yeah yeah, you're going to have a lot of stories so i tend to think we're probably going to always have crazy years as long as aew is where they're at and where WWE is where they're at but uh, this year, yeah, this might this 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 one's a little when when you have the biggest wrestling story in, in, in decades in, in terms of Vince McMahon resigning in shame, that's going to take the cake. But but ultimately, I think most years are going to be kind of crazy moving forward. But there you go. Twenty twenty two. All right, Joe, let's talk about we don't have an ad this week, but we have a great opportunity to tell you about our Patreon, flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, voices of wrestling.com slash patreon. No matter which way you get there, that is where it's all at. Five dollars and ten dollar tiers, uh, in terms of audio content, written content, live shows, instant reactions, all that other good stuff available there at flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, including uh, a new series that you just began this week, and it'll run through uh, the end of the year and into the first week or so of January. And that is year-end awards, the 2022 flagship awards. You want to tell people a little bit about this project and the idea behind it?
2: Very simple, just uh, standard year-end awards. It will loosely follow the Observer Award system, although I'm not going to do every Observer Award, and I'm not, and I'm going to change some of them, and maybe some of the standards of the selection will be a little different and i'll explain that in each in each piece that i write but um we started off with the best weekly tv show uh that piece is already up these are all going to be ten dollar tier because they're written they're not audio they're written so they're going to be ten dollar tier and uh, i started with the best weekly tv show because to me that was the easiest award to pick as i was looking at all the categories and mulling the winners best tv show was so obvious and so easy that, I, that that was an easy one to start with. And, I, of course, it's Dynamite. I mean, it can't be anything else. Um, I think most wrestling shows are are terrible. They're, they're bad. I don't even think they're average. I think most of them are bad. And Dynamite's a legitimately great show and has been for uh, the bulk of the year. I mean, I think most Dynamites are... Uh, the floor is good, and a lot of them are great. So um, you'll have to read the article to see what I... What I managed to select as some runners up, which was not easy to do. And then uh, what I'll do is I'll pick a winner. I'll write about it, defend my case. Most of the time I'll pick some runners up, not always. And then I'll also have some other notable contenders, not necessarily who I feel were contenders to win, but notable contenders in that maybe they were people that missed my cut for the runners up. Maybe they're people Or things that other people are selecting as their winners of these types of awards. And I'll talk through some of the uh, other notable contenders as well in each of the articles. So um, the worst weekly TV show is pretty much written and will be posted um, if you're listening live sometime within the next either late, late tonight after the flagship or when I wake up in the morning. That should be up. So, um, by the time a lot of people listen to this, uh, there'll be two, two, at least two of the pieces will be up the best weekly TV show and the worst weekly TV show. Uh, Um, I'm going to do all the major awards. I'll do rookie tag team wrestler of the year. Obviously. I don't know if I'm going to do match of the year though, because we kind of do a different thing for that. So I, I might not do match of the year. I'm, I'm mulling that one. Um, you know but we'll do uh, you know most of the major awards and I'm not going to do two different wrestlers of the year I'm not doing the observer thing with MVP and most outstanding I'm doing one award I'm combining everything in the one I know who my pick is going to be I know who my top 3 to 5 is going to be and so only one wrestler of the year we're not do- we're not doing the split like observer does and uh, anyway that will run probably into the first week of uh of January some days there'll be more more than one article posted and uh we'll get through them probably wrap it up sometime before January 10th but uh yeah that's underway now
3: so that is up there. Flagshippatreon.com. Again, $10 tier since it is written content. Uh, in addition to that, all of our bonus audio as well. I had the Christmas with the Captain series going through Christmas uh, wrestling matches, wrestlers, wrestling-themed Christmas stuff. Uh, that series wrapping up, obviously, with the Christmas season wrapping up. Uh, I'm also wrapping up the Goldberg 173 and one series this week month or uh, it should be at least it'll either be the end of this month or it'll be the first couple of days uh, of January. That's a very, it's it's always hard because I got to edit stuff. I got to watch everything. I got to do all the clips. There's a lot of work that goes into those shows. I always try to get them done as quick as possible, but I always try to get as much detail uh, in them as possible. And this one is requiring a ton of detail because it's December. We are going month by month of Goldberg's 1998. And obviously we are in the 173 and one month where Goldberg is going to lose to Kevin Nash. Uh, he's going to drop the WWE title to Kevin Nash at Starcade, And a couple days later, the finger poker doom is going to happen. And WCW is going to just you know do WWE things for the rest of the year uh, and go out of business in a couple of years. So we have to touch on we can't just say, hey, Goldberg lost to Kevin Nash. And that is all like that. That'd be nice. If I, if that was the case, I'd be done with the episode. I'd be ready to go. But you got to dig in a little bit more in terms of what happened afterwards, the follow up, the finger poker doom. And I am combing through. I've watched so many awful shoot interviews with these dumb old WWE wrestlers telling you, oh, we just had to beat Goldberg. We just had to do it and I am going to break down all those narratives that no, you did not just have to beat Goldberg and all their dumb things that they say are all wrong and stupid and they just should have had Goldberg win or if you were going to have him lose, you don't do the fucking finger poke of doom a couple of days later. But anyway, that is all coming in the Goldberg 173 and 1. Final episode will be out in the next couple of days uh, so you can look for that and then uh, yeah, I'll obviously pick things back up. I always do my monthly uh, uh, themed retro shows so i don't know what i'm gonna do in january i might do rumble but i've done a lot of the other royal rumbles so i might just want to look at how many more rumbles i have and if there's not that many uh work on something else or do something a little bit different but uh, always going on there uh vowretro.com is where you can find the entire archive uh, of all of our retro content you also do the thursday dynamite review uh, each week uh, the day after dynamite 30 to 40 minutes dynamite review uh joe Lanza's thoughts on the Latest episode of AEW Dynamite Thursday Dynamite Review uh, and then plenty of other stuff. Interaction lives, of course, any major shows we're going to be doing an interaction live uh, for uh, live flagship podcasts as well. On a $10 tier, you can listen to this show live before everybody else. Uh, I'm also going to do a prediction show as well. We do that. And that's kind of a yearly tradition now uh on the patreon so i had uh, you guys send in your predictions so i'm gonna read them off and i'm also gonna go over last year's predictions and see if anybody got anywhere near uh who was way off all that other good stuff but that's always a fun show to do each year so excited to do that uh, again but that will be on the five dollar tier uh at uh, flagship so five dollar tier ten dollar tier flagship patreon.com com slash voices wrestling voices of wrestling.com slash patreon for all of that stuff so all right Let's do, uh, Joe, Wrestle Kingdom is coming up. It is December 29th. That means we are only a couple of days away from the Tokyo Dome, January 4th, just back to one night. There's that weird Wrestle Kingdom and Yokohama Arena thing or whatever. We all know it's not actually Wrestle Kingdom. But we're back to one official night of Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome. It's on January 4th, and God damn it, thank God, we finally have cheering audiences. Let's hope they're loud. Let's hope they're excited because I need that. I need that juice back in my Japanese wrestling especially in my new Japan for wrestling but uh, Wrestle Kingdom's here and uh what is your own, what, what what what's the buzzometer meter for jolanda leading up here to wrestle Kingdom for uh, seventeen just a couple of days away
2: you know there's a there's a couple names not on this card that normally you would see on a wrestle Kingdom card a couple names that might have interest to fans in the West I think that's interesting because there's another show on January 4th in Seattle mm-hmm. and it might make sense to do a little bartering, you know, we're going to give you Kenny Omega and then maybe you can, you know, send us some people hey, who I'm just saying, I'm just putting that out there. Maybe, uh, Maybe we'll see some people pop up on a different show that aren't booked for this one. Uh, Obviously, Um, there are um, still
3: TBA uh, participants in the uh, the the Rambo, so there's there's many wrestlers that could pop up on that Rambo. But you're right, there's a few names conspicuous by their absence for sure.
2: Yeah. So how about um, you know what was interesting too? I you know it's they could have done the Suzuki Goon final on this show, right? I mean, I know that they had Despy booked in the stupid four-way, but they could have just done a three-way if they were... You know what I mean? If they wanted to. And um, I know they have Zack Sabre Jr. facing Renderita, but maybe they, that someone else could have made the final of that tournament. And I'm just saying the Suzuki Gun final match, and did you watch that yet? I did, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, basically Suzuki encourages all of the other members... To destroy him, you know, and including his own teammates in the match because it was an eight-man tag where they faced each other. And they kind of went up the hierarchy, starting with the juniors and then, you know, Lance Archer and then Taichi and then Zack Sabre Jr. put the finishing blow. And it was very symbolic and it was a very interesting way to end the unit as Suzuki basically just had his own people destroy the monster, right? And kill him um i feel and i as i was watching it and i really enjoyed it and and the story being told um i was just thinking to myself man this would have come across really great at wrestle kingdom as opposed to you know a non a clap crowd version of cork and hall where everybody's wearing a mask and nobody can speak and but um but i guess that's neither here nor there but um and you know they've got Minoru suzuki in a noki match and all of that I, I you know i get it some of the other guys are booked doing other things but um, maybe it would have been a better fit there but um, as far as the buzzle meter anyway what would you think of that match did you have any thoughts uh, on i liked the it suzuki i thought it was final?
3: i thought it was cool it was it was a fitting end i think to the uh, the suzuki gun uh, uh, unit I tend to think that it was probably good to be on that show because it got time. It was able to have 25 minutes. They were able to to do all their haha stuff at the end. I feel like if you do it on a Wrestle Kingdom, you are going to rush it a little bit. It's going to feel like you don't have as much time to do the stuff. The, the Iska thing where he comes out and grabs his iron you know, fingers and, and leaves or whatever, and they pose in front of the, the banner. I think you needed a little bit more time to do all that sort of haha stuff. Uh, I suppose you could have done that. Like, you could have had them have this match, and then maybe on New Year Dash they do all the haha stuff uh, if you really wanted to. But I don't know. I, I thought... I thought it was a fitting main event for that show. And I think it was it, that that's a unit I think that deserved that spotlight and deserved that time to go out there and, and, and have that match and, and have that moment where I don't know, I feel like it would be maybe a little too rushed on a Wrestle kingdom uh, as opposed to doing it on this show. But it does kind of feel like there wasn't a whole lot of people, there wasn't a whole lot of focus on that show and it just kind of came and went And now, you know, they're kind of gone, you, you know, it, it, it so I, I get your point that maybe doing it on a Russell kingdom would have gotten more eyeballs on it. Hey, this is a major unit that's now, you know, breaking apart. But uh, I think you want to use Russell kingdom to start, new beginnings for some of these people as well. Um, So I I don't mind the idea of having it on this show. Guys can go away for a little bit, Minoru Suzuki can get involved in the Antonio Inoki thing and whatever Suzuki's next step is or whatever. Sabre can kind of do whatever he's going to maybe do. Uh, You know, Desperado is going to be in his. So I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that you can kind of do. Uh, at Wrestle Kingdom to kind of get these guys up on new directions. But I thought it was a really, really fun match. And like you said, Suzuki at one point just says, fuck these teams, who cares? You all got to face me and we all got to beat each other (laughs) up or whatever. And then they they ultimately beat him up. And I thought fitting Zach Sabre Jr. getting the win, uh, I thought that was a pretty uh, important moment there and a a very poignant moment too. Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. getting the win uh, over Suzuki. And and yeah, the post show was great too. Everybody doing their promos, Iska coming out, grabbing the iron fingers and, and, and the snow coming down. So I thought it was all pretty good. I mean, I'm not super... I'm not heartbroken by the end of Suzuki goon. Like I, I, I think there needs to be a little bit more unit shakeup, uh, in the world of, uh, new Japan pro wrestling. But, uh, this unit in particular, I think has some, I I'm, I'm curious. I, I think there's a lot of potential for new beginnings for some of these guys. And there's some other guys that I'm like, Oh, do, Oh, I don't know what they're going to do without <laughs> being a part of this unit, but uh,
2: we'll see. And that's exciting. And that's fun. I am so curious where a lot of these pieces land. So like, what does you know, Kanamoro do? You know what I mean? Like,
3: I don't know. He's just kind of,
2: just goes to chaos or something. Or uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, even the major pieces though, do they just, you know, Zach Saber stick with Taiichi and stay together and then takes, but then it's kind of like Suzuki gun light, like just without Suzuki. So I, it's going to be very interesting where the pieces fall. It's going to be very interesting with how many of these guys stay with the company. You know, there's a lot going on in Japan right now with contract season coming up. And I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion that's a lot of these Suzuki gun guys are even with new Japan in 2023. So, you know, and that includes Suzuki. So we'll have to see how all that shakes out. Um, Iska. I mean, how old is that guy? He still looked, ripped. he
3: looks great. I was like, brother, you're done. You don't have to Look like that again. That, that is in my notes is like, let's talk about that guy. He came out
2: there. Eat a cheesesteak now and then. (laughs) You don't have
3: to look good anymore. Brother, he's 56 years old. He hasn't wrestled in a year. And he, man, I I went and worked out at lunch because of him. I was like, God damn, if he looks like that while he's retired, like, why do I
2: look the way I look? I mean. He looks great. Get him back in the ring. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Do not get him back in the ring, please. He don't ever have to take his shirt off in public. Why would he still look like that? Like. I, that that was crazy. I
3: thought the same thing. You know? I was just like,
2: "Good lord, <laughs> look at that man! He's just gigantic." Still, yeah. But um, as far as my, what, what did you ask me to my um,
3: just the my overall puzzle meter? Like, where where are you at with the show? Because I'm a, I don't know. I, I I it's coming and it's Wrestle Kingdom and I like Wrestle Kingdom and I'm excited about it, but I'm also just kind of, I don't know that I'm I'm. It's not a palpable like excitement that I usually have for Wrestle Kingdom.
2: No, it's not that. Um, I think a lot has to do with the cold main event. I think if the main event wasn't cold, I'd be way more into it. I I mean Osprey Omega. Obviously, I'm counting down the minutes to that. There's just not a whole lot else on the card that I'm super looking forward to. You would know? you would you agree
3: uh, with me that, that Osprey and Omega needs a little bit or needed, I guess needed, if we're past the needs part. I, I don't know that there was enough in the last couple of weeks to kind of get me. They may have peaked it early. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like there was this stuff like a half a year, you know, six months ago where they're sniping at each other in radio interviews and they're sniping at each other in tweets and podcasts or whatever. And you're like, hell yeah, these guys. I And we, the smart people, the smart wrestling fans, and hopefully all of our listeners knew this is all work and they're all building to a match or whatever. There was dorks that were like, oh, Kenny Omega, he's right. Will Ospreay only cares about having good matches. <laughs> it's like, you dorks. God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Yeah, Kenny's right. Will just flips and he doesn't know how to work. It's like, okay, all right you know like absolute dorks and we you us and smart wrestling fans all knew that this is building to something and they did and they did and then they cut you know the, the omega video happens at the world tag league finals and it's like all right cool awesome sweet this is exciting this is good and it really hasn't been much since then there was like you know the one interview that omega did with um you know the new japan website and that was fine but I just uh, yeah, I feel like they peaked like six months ago, and now we're just kind of we're it's coming and it's great, it's going to be great. It's fucking Will Osprey versus Kenny Omega. It's going to be great, but uh, it just does feel like we maybe I don't know. It, it peaked early is probably the right way to put it. It it just felt like we're did, a little cold early. going in.
2: It peaked early. Was the Omega video at the crossover show or the World Tag? League oh, sorry, final? sorry, sorry. Crossover.
3: Read. You're right. The crossover show.
2: It's crossover show, right? Yes. After the Shota Minu match. Yes. Yes. Correct. Um no yeah no that's it. it it that match peaked early and the jay white okada match I never just never been ice cold from yeah
3: it's been cold I, as a I, I,
2: every time i look at this card i forget that that match is on it <laughs> until i see it yeah like it's just it, it's just a nothing match and you know we can only hope that okada that hits the rainmaker and you know does the Anoki pose. You would think that he would win and the show would end with him honoring Anoki. I don't know if that's a given though. I do know that Jay White and Okada, they come up with some of the most creative finishing sequences in wrestling. They're very good with each other. They have excellent chemistry. Um, I, I've liked all of their matches they've had together. So I think it'll be a good match. I'm just not excited for it because it's ice cold. Jay White has not been a good champion at all. He's not there. He's never there. He never t- he's never
3: there. He's never on the shows. Yeah, and why was know, he not I, on any of these? Why was he not on any of the final Corkins? You'd have to ask him. Where is he?
2: I mean, Where's their champion? I. You know, if it wouldn't bother me none if the next night he gets the AJ Styles burial and just fucks off to WWE. I wouldn't mind. I think he'll do great there. I think he would do great on American oh, yeah, yeah. TV. Any company. I think he would do great. You know, he, he did great in Impact. And obviously, that's not where someone like him wants to be. Um, I think he would be phenomenal in either WWE doing their style or AEW doing their style. I think he would excel at both. Um, And I wouldn't miss him at all in New Japan. And if he stay, I mean... You know, no. not with the not with the guys
3: that they have coming up, and and the other talent that they have up and down the card. Like, yeah, he if he left, fine. Yeah, it like yeah. Do I I like I like Jay White. Obviously, I, I like watching him work. I like, but if he left, yeah, I, I think uh, there's more than enough talent to fill his spot. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the flagship podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network, and I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network.
2: Yeah. And, um, you know, this whole bullet club war ended up being a dud. Jay White's never around. Um, uh, uh, Tonga Loa got injured. They did the Hikaleo angle with Jay White and that was pretty much it, you know? And, and so they've been wanting to do that for a long time. And then they didn't just, they just didn't do much with it. And Tama Tonga turned of course, and he got elevated to some degree and, they did the little story where, um, where, where, uh, Phantasmo stole Yujiro's girl and then during the G1, and it's just, it didn't, there was nothing to it. Um, there's the big old dud. And, you know, and, and what's the end result? is elevated a bit. Jado is this really weird babyface now. And Jay White was a really boring champion who, survived tamatanga and now what so and you know i guess the carl anderson thing i mean so i don't know the main event's cold and osprey omega peaked early and the rest of the card has some good stuff on it but nothing else that i'm super excited to watch
3: yeah, I, I think it'll be – ultimately, it's going to be a good show. There's too much good talent on yeah, the show. I'm looking
2: forward to the show.
3: Yeah, I, I'm it's definitely just looking forward to the it. The excitement level going in – I mean, there was years where it's like counting yeah. down the hours. I mean, we yeah. we used to do shows where we would – for three hours, we would preview this entire th- – that's it. The show would just yeah. be us previewing this show. Correct. The entire three hours would be us breaking down match by match, who we think is going to win, the build, all this. And we're not going to do that here, obviously. <laughs> it's going to be a 30-minute segment, a 45-minute segment tops where we just kind of go over the card, and, and we just went over the main event and the semi-main event. In about five minutes, and our ultimate thing is like, I don't know. Probably could be good matches and and moving on. And then, you know, elsewhere on the card, IWGP Jr. Heavyweight Championship match. It's a four-way, so obviously my 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 interest level is gonna be reduced immediately. Taiji Shimori, Hiromu Takahashi, El Desperado, and Master Wato. I mean, I all yeah you know, it's going to be good like it's going to be good but it would be so much better just as a one-on-one match. I I'm never I'm always going to be in the same stance that four ways and three ways and all those sorts. I'm just going to prefer one-on-one matches or tag team matches. So uh, a shoehorned in four way featuring, you know, Master Wato and and it's it just if it if you want Taiji and Hiromu just do Taiji and Hiromu again. You know, if you just want to do Taiji and Desperado, do Taiji and Desperado. Shoehorning in Master Wato, I mean, we don't nobody needs that. Nobody wanted that. But
2: Let's get Isham. Let's get Ishamori away from this title for like a year. He hasn't been an exciting champion to say the least either. So let's get this title off of him and put him in a tag team or something and just get him away from this title for like a year. I feel like it's constantly built around him and he just hasn't been an exciting champion at all. I'm thinking they might belt up Watto. I I feel like. Um, they essentially ended the Taguchi tag team and they've, they've always wanted to push him and it, and it took them some time to, I would say, get over, but I don't even necessarily think that he's over, but they like him for whatever reason. Um, I hope that's not what they do, but I, I, I would like to see a title change.
3: I'm with you on the Ishimori thing. I I, I think I've gotten kind of pretty bored
2: of him <laughs>
3: being there for uh, being the champion because kind of again similar to the Jay White thing. It's like all right, yeah, it, it's just. A good wrestler, I enjoy it, but yeah, him in the title, it just felt like there's just been no juice with with, with him as that champion. So, uh, and this and to go back to Hiromu, it's the same thing. We've seen that a thousand times already. Uh, Desperado again. I guess I wouldn't be too upset if Desperado won it, but I think I, I think I'm with you that Watto would be the most fun uh, of all those to win it. I mean, do I think he's the best wrestler of those four? Absolutely not, but he'd at least be new and fresh and 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 have some interesting matchups. But I think I'd be okay with either Desperado or Watto. Uh, winning that match, I, 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 who I ultimately think would win, I probably would side. I think I would side with Desperado, maybe as a kind of a new beginning with you know him post Suzuki Goon or whatever. But I do like your idea of Master Wato too. I think there's got some, uh, uh you know, some potential there. Uh, then we have a Keiji Muto Hiroshi Tanahashi Shota Umino match versus Tetsuya Naito Sonata and Bushi. We touched on this a couple of weeks ago, but there is, to me, a very very smart way that you can book this match in a very important way you can book this match. And, and God, I hope that they do that. And God, I hope that somebody doesn't get in someone's ear and say, hey, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. One KG Muto. He does not need, need to be beating Bushi on this match. Shoto Umino needs to be pinning somebody. And this needs to be a way to elevate Shoto Umino and not worry about, you know, placating Keiji Mudo or, or placating anybody else. This needs to be front and center, the reason you have Shoto Umino in this match is for him to get that rub of being in the ring there with Keiji Muto, and he needs to get the pinfall, not Keiji Muto.
2: Yeah, I said that a month ago. Um, that is what they should do, and you know, of course, Muto could set it all up, and but it, it really should be Umino. Um, the big question is, will Muto do the moonsault? Um, will he do it in this match? Will he do it in one of the NOAA matches? Um Well, he see this as the biggest match of the retirement because it's New Japan and it's Wrestle Kingdom so a lot of interesting little subplots to this they they did the right match with the right people you know with Naito and of course Sonata and that makes a ton of sense right you, then, needed,
3: you needed those two guys in the last Keiji Muto New Japan match for sure
2: yeah and then you have Tanahashi and Umino who you know one generation and then the next generation um with the prior gen. So they, they put the proper people in the match and they've got the guy right there to take the pin. Um, there's been some talk that Bushi could be on the way out. I saw some rumblings about that. too. So that's something to keep an eye on too. Um, but yeah, you know, we knew we were going to get a muto match and, um, you know, I've been watching this shit for two years though. So it's like, you know, this might be special for new Japan fans who don't pay any attention to Noah and all that. And it's fine. I don't hate this match. It'll be, a spectacle and it'll be interesting to watch.
3: Uh Never open championship, Carl Anderson and Tama Thank God this whole thing is going to finally end. And it's, it's been up, it's been down, mostly down. Uh There's been a lot of really bad matches along the way. And hopefully finally, mercifully, it'll be over with Tama defeating Carl Anderson, winning the never open championship and us moving on uh, with, with our lives on whatever this whole thing was. It was a very awkward, weird situation. Anderson did them a slight solid by at least, you know, still being eligible to work and and wanting to work and coming in for these shows, uh, but ultimately, like I said, the result has been a lot of just really bad matches, a lot of really weird narratives around the company, and I'm just ready for it to be all be done and move on and just never speak of it ever again.
2: I tried to slightly hint to people that this match could be happening at the dome, even though it was happening at the tag league final. You know, with the two dates that were agreed to, um, I would be fucking stunned. If he wins again, and this has to be the end of it. It's, it's the natural end to the story. They pulled a swerve. They fooled a lot of people, including us with Hiko losing. And that match was horrendous, Ugh. even worse than the Tanahashi match, which is hard to fathom. <laughs> yeah. Um, way, way worse, way
3: worse. Not even close. At least that match, at least the Tanahashi match was just like, man, come on, put some effort into this. Let's go. The Tomatonga match was like, this is like, this is a, you are wasting my time, sir. Like this, I need Hikaleo to match, Hikaleo the in match. The Hikuleo match was like you. I you are wasting my time. What the, you need to give this back to me. Like this is an offensive he,
2: to and me. And Hikaleo Hikuleo, still missing something. He look, I thought that they'd put the title on him and just you know make make or break. Here we're going to give you a push. It's either going to work or it's not. But I think they recognize he's not ready for it yet. So they'll put it on Tamatanga here and you know this will be his level now he had his title shot he lost and now you know he's he's been a fairly popular baby face and this will be his level now um i'd be fucking stunned if anderson wins again that that would legit <laughs>
3: then i have no answer anymore I, i'm out i'm done at that point
2: then i almost have to really enjoy all of this if he wins again then it's like all right this is just <laughs>
3: <laughs> like the biggest gonna, troll ever. <laughs>
2: yeah, are we going to take this to Dominion? Is he going to be in the G1? Like what are we doing? Like you know, how far is this going to go? Uh Ren
3: Narita versus Xavier mm-hmm. Jr. this is for the New Japan World TV Championship the brand new title they've created. Um I am of the mindset that Ren Narita Needs to win this match and needs to win this title because it was a big deal and an important title. And and the reason why they said they made this title was for young stars, and Ren is a young star and they're trying to get him over and all that sort of stuff. With Zack Sabre Jr. beating Minoru Suzuki, I mean, they clearly see him as a big deal, you know, moving forward post Suzuki Goon or whatever. So I don't know. Like, not when he, when that result happened, I kind of said, Ooh, I was like 90% that Ren was going to win this match. I don't know that I'm that sure anymore. W- where are you at?
2: Well, if he doesn't win, he has to beat Zach for it later. But if I'm trying to elevate someone and the directive of this title came from the top and they're telling me that to put it on young wrestlers and this is the guy I picked, then why not just do it here on the biggest stage and just have him beat Zach now? Why fuck around with it? So I think Narita will win. I think he should win. And it's going to be exciting. To- he's he's someone to watch in 2023 because he's the first of sort of these new class guys. Well, I guess Okan came back first, but um, Narita's the next where it's clear that they're interested in pushing him and pushing him hard as the next generation of the no-nonsense, black tights, Katsuyuri Shibata student, Katsuyuri Shibata-like ass kicker. And um, what I think could hurt Narita is... We're not really far enough removed from Shibata and you don't want to end up falling into a pattern where it's like people think you're doing a cosplay. He still has to find a way to be his own guy because if he's just going to be a second-rate Shibata, that's not going to work. So I think he need and 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 there's a danger there, you know? So I think he needs to find a way to carve his own identity While also very clearly still being linked to his mentor. And that's a tricky thing to pull off sometimes. So, you know, Shibata has a very unique kind of charisma. And I don't know that just being trying to be another be, you know, he's gonna you don't want him to come off like a mini Shibata. You want him to be and, and you know, and and it remains to be seen. Like his work has been great, but Maybe there needs to be some identifiable part of his presentation that needs to be drastically different than Shibata. Right. Because
3: right now he does kind of, and, and I love it, but I, I can see that long term it's maybe not the best play is that he comes out and has the towel and you know what I mean? Like he looks like, it's like a mini he, Shibata. It's like he's
2: being Shibata right, for right, Halloween.
3: Right. And it's, that's, you know, his work has not, his work has spoke for itself. And I think that will ultimately be what, but I'm, I'm with you that they need to do something to kind of say, hey, look, shibata was the old this is the new yes he's taking he's been trained by this guy and 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 he's following in the lineage but he had he's his own man and he's a very different man for a lot of reasons and his work is a little different and that's where i think it's going to be able to stretch it but I, i'm right that you or you're right that you can't have him out there just doing the exact same shibata stuff and they've kind of told that line a little bit and and it could get a little dangerous if they don't you know make sure they they, they kind of correct that but I, I think he's great and i'm with you know I'm still of the mindset that I would have him win this and hell, maybe they had Zack Sabre jr. Win that match just to make this match even more of a big win for Ren and you know, and that's very possible too. If they're really saying, no, fuck it, this is the guy we want to, we want to make this guy important. Then you have Zack Sabre jr. Win that match, you know, pin Minoru Suzuki and then have Ren Rita pin Zack Sabre jr. That's a huge stamp of approval for this guy. Moving forward, so maybe that's the case. Maybe, maybe I'm overthinking it, and and they were just trying to really, 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 really prove that Render Reed is the guy they care about moving forward. But uh, I'm excited for this match; should be should be tremendous. Uh, IWGB Tag Team Titles on the line: FTR versus Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. Uh, Joe, I believe that FTR will be losing another set of tag team titles. What do you think?
2: I didn't see that AAA show yet. Did you? I did not. No. All uh, right. So yeah, they did lose those titles. They lost the ROH titles, obviously. So this is the last of them. And, you know, Bishiman, they had a warm-up match against Tenkoji in Corrigan. Just straight up two versus two. And you know New Japan doesn't book that way a lot of the time. And um, we haven't seen Tenkoji team in a while, right? I mean, because Kojima's been off with
3: Noah. Ooh, straight up Tenkoji. Let me let me see if I can find out. The, I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I, mean, I think there was a... Man, the last time we wrote the book was what 2020 and I think that year they only had a couple if I remember correctly I mean they've been really putting them in just yeah let me let me see if I can find out exactly when the last straight up 10 koji tag team match was
2: it would have to have been either early this year or maybe even now they would have teamed earlier this year I think
3: oh July okay so they uh they did it in July they teamed against great bash heel so
2: Real, what show was that? That was New Japan Road?
3: Road, yeah, in Cork and Hall. I don't remember, I don't recall.
2: Oh, it's a Cork and show, yeah, all right. Yeah. So, um, now Great Bash Heel, they were on the World Tag League Tour but weren't in the tournament, like they were working non tournament matches. So, you know, it Makabe has been cycled down, Hanma, ever since the neck injury, hasn't been the same. So, those were two constant teams that were, you know, Tenkoji and Great Bash Heel, who are clearly cycled into that you know opening uh you know prelim level veteran sort of situation Tenzon did take the fall against bishimon uh, which was to be expected too because Kojima's still a pushed guy in Noah and he he's still booked with a modicum of respect in New Japan because he could still go better than these other guys can but um but yes yeah, so and that was a pretty decent match it was a shockingly good match between. Bishiman and uh, Tenkoji at Corican and you know FTR their contracts are coming due so maybe all these companies are just preparing for the possibility so yeah I mean the smart money would be on them losing the titles but who knows you know they could come back on that Yokohama show and do it they can lose them on an AEW show so I don't know that it's necessarily a lock that they're losing this match, but can they? Yeah, I, you know, absolutely. Yeah, I, I tend to think they
3: probably will. I mean, this is the title I think they can keep for a little while if they really want to, because you know the the AAA one, like that's kind of done, and I think they even said that they're done with AAA, and 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 who knows what's going to happen with AAA, and that's fine. Well, that can a- we
2: can well, can we talk about that for a second? Sure. Be- because you know, Dragon Lee signs with WWE. And it's interesting because he worked that trios match in AEW and they kind of did that really weird angle, remember? At the end of that match, and it didn't go anywhere. Um, they kind of like went off the air with it or whatever.
3: Yeah, they unmasked him and then it went off the air. And they're like, whatever. We... Ah! They so it's like, like they the turned like, yeah, it's
2: like they turned on him. And, you know, Meltzer's saying that this deal with WWE has been done for some time and it was just kept quiet, but maybe his family knew and they decided to shoot their own blow off angle. Right. Because at the time, you can't, dude, it's thought, that
3: family, man. I can't put anything past. Them.
2: Yeah. Because at the time we thought AEW would follow it up like on rampage or something, or maybe it was on rampage, but you get the idea. We thought they'd follow it up and they didn't. And then he was never seen again, but now it makes sense as a blow off, whether Tony Khan booked it or whether Roosh booked it is, is remains to be seen. But it sure feels like, in hindsight, that that match was some kind of blow-off. And I know that Meltzer had speculated or talked, I haven't heard the audio yet, I'll listen to it later, about the relationship between AAA and AEW, uh, about AAA wanting a relationship with WWE, and how that may affect their relationship with AEW, obviously. Um, Now, Tony Khan will work with anyone, anytime. The question is, will WWE work with AAA if AAA is working with Tony Khan? And normally the answer to that question would be no. I don't know how Paul Levesque feels about this kind of stuff. We don't know yet, right? It's like, we don't have any tests. We know what Vince's answer would be. You work with me or you work with them, right? But I am now hearing... And I have to do a little more talking to some people that new Japan has something to do with this too. And new Japan might have something to do with the AEW triple a relationship.
3: Mm, yeah. Cause they've been, they've been fiercely loyal to CMLL throughout the years.
2: And it, yeah. And, and now that the new, as the new Japan AEW relationship gets stronger and stronger, And with a second forbidden door coming and this talent exchange on the fourth and all of these things, the honor, the potential honor club,
3: the honor club
2: bingo. And that's the big one. Okay. So now new Japan might be putting their foot down and saying, look, you got to cut ties with these guys. And if you're watching the dominoes fall, the dragon Lee deal, FTR dropping the tag team titles, um, Dave Meltzer saying what he had to say. Ty not really, being on,
3: Ty not being on that show. She was supposed to be on that show. Ends up. Ty
2: right. Ty being dynamite. double booked. Yep. And and working dynamite instead of AAA and being stripped of those tag titles. Right. Yep. They were mm-hmm. stripped of those intergender tag titles. So that you know that's another domino. And the big thing is the Honor Club, and we know that there's New Japan involvement with the Honor Club because Khan said so. We he so that's not even a secret. So. I might have more later this week. Talking to some people. Um, but as far as for the show tonight, this is all I got. But it seems like there's a there's a, a strong possibility New Japan's involved in all this too. But the end result could be AAA forging some kind of relationship with WWE and just cutting all ties with AEW. But we'll see. I think if Tony Khan had his way, he would just work with everybody. But, you know, it's wrestling and there's politics and obviously the new Japan relationship is more important to him and more advantageous to him than the triple a relationship at this point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If if they say
3: it's either us or them, you you pick, you pick new Japan for wrestling a thousand. It's an easy
2: decision. It's yeah, it's simple. So it's something to keep an eye on and it's something to, uh, you know, I, I I will try to follow up. If, If I have enough to put on paper, I'll write something up, you know, on the Patreon or whatever, but, um, or do an audio or something. But um, anyway, that they're, you know, New Japan could be. The impetus for some of this as well so and and kind of circling it all together
3: that's the biggest reason why i think that of all the titles that, that the ftr has dropped so far the roh title obviously you want to get it you know whatever the next st- stage of roh is going to be but that's a title that they had because they had and, and you know it's fine moving on to the briscoes moving on to that the triple a one made sense they had to drop those because it was just time to get rid of those and, and that relationship was ending this title, you could presumably keep on them. I don't think this title, you need to take off of them this night. It's not like the impending, like they're never going to be back in New Japan ever again, that AEW and New Japan are never going to be related ever again. With that being said, I think it would probably be a good time for New Japan to take back their tag team titles and, and do something with them after you know FTR has, has had them, but but largely has been absent as well. And there's been a lot of absentee champions uh, in this company for a while, and I think it may be a good idea to just bring that title back home uh, and now might be a good time too, as FTR is in this kind of pseudo losing streak. Not not necessarily a, a full on. I guess they kind of are. You know, this sort of losing streak gimmick or whatever that that you know, as they're kind of falling and dropping all these titles and dropping some falls here and there. I think it's a good way to kind of build whatever whatever the next step of FTR is. If it's either getting ready for their you know contracts to come due, or if you know AEW has a larger plan about doing a losing streak gimmick to get them you know worked up for and get them worked you know ready for an AEW World Title or a tag team title shot. Um, but no, I, I think the, they could they could keep these titles. Presumably, uh, I tend to think it probably is just going to go to Yoshiyashi and Goto, though. I think that's probably the right decision too. That's
2: if they're idea. sticking around, they're beating the acclaimed and getting that win back. I mean, it just seems obvious for sure. Me. Yeah, and I th- I feel like we're building towards that. If they stick around, yes, yes. But Tony has covered himself because he he ha- he put he, they put the acclaimed over. Right,
3: right. If they don't stick around, then they ha- they've you know they put the, like you said they put the acclaimed over they, they the lost briscoes all those titles over. and you know you can do this little loose streak thing and then they can go and then it's like all right well yeah
2: it. and then and then in ring of honor the briscoes could say we ran them out of town right. and in AEW they they put the acclaimed over and you know that that's how that's business that's pro wrestling um if they leave if they choose to leave and go back to WWE or or whatever um I, I, I wanted to see this in 2020, but I, I, I would like to see them do a short run with the NWA. One taping. I just, I think they would relish in that. They would enjoy it because they're nerds. And I think that they would enjoy having that on their resume. A short run with the NWA World Tag Team titles, right? Like they would love that.
3: Right. Doing do, do a, do a match with Carrie and Ricky Morton or whatever. I mean, they, yeah, they'd eat that. Yeah, shit up. They'd,
2: they would love that. And I would like to see them do one taping and maybe even, I, I don't even need the pay-per-view, but maybe one pay-per-view, maybe one taping, maybe a Crockett cup, right? That now they, we're talking. Now you're speaking would, their language. They would love to win the Crockett cup and have a little run with the end. And I'd like to see them work with some of those teams in the NWA, that style. And I don't need them to be five-star matches. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, you know, I'd like to see them go down there and work with Joe Kazana and 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 and, and fucking if Carino's still there and not in the Performance Center by then and and and, and like you said, the Mortons and get in there with uh, Hawks are there's of, not a whole lot of talent in the NWA. La Rebellion, La Rebellion, Rebellion, yeah, La Rebellion yeah. get in there and, and win the titles and do a title swap with them. I just think it'd be a fun novelty, and I think it's something that they would enjoy. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a permanent destination, obviously, but if they're going to leave and just freelance a little and have some fun with their careers, I mean, I think that's something that I would like to see them do. But um, that's neither here nor there, I guess.
3: All right, so that was our 25-minute FTR Yoshihashi Hiroki uh preview. But I'll move on. IWGP Women's Championship, Kyrie uh, versus Tam Nakano. Uh, obviously, the big story on this one is... is not going to be this match itself which is going to be a huge moment obviously a, a major women's match on a Wrestle Kingdom for this new title that they created uh, but everybody is going to be waiting for the post-match and, and, and Sasha and whatever that whatever is going to be with Mercedes or whatever whatever the hell they're going to call her that's what the focus is going to be is, is is what this post match is going to be but I still think it's gonna be a really fun match a uh, really good match and, and I'm excited to see it and I think it's an important moment for New Japan and for uh, this this new initiative they have and, and, and whatever could come come in 2023 as well so uh excited to see what this is and it's uh, all all eyes are going to be on this one and this is a a huge moment for new japan for wrestling to grab a lot of western eyeballs
2: as well i just got a message from tony Khan. you ready did you actually? I said yeah this oh, is on okay. the record okay on the record from tony Khan. i said why didn't you sign dragon lee or did you attempt to sign dragon lee And he said, you could put this on the record. Okay. He said, I felt like I already had Dragon Lee at home. Drillistico. So there you go. Tony Khan on the record. I think it's a little misguided. I don't think Drillistico is the same quality as Dragon Lee. uh, Yeah.
3: uh,
2: Hopefully everybody knows that's a bit. Do not run the Reddit and put that on Reddit. (laughs) Uh, let me make it clear that I am. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna bitch. say, man, Tony, what? what? Um, <laughs> like, have you t- watched Realistico? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> that that's like Johnny A signing yeah. the wrong one-legged wrestler. Like, no, <laughs> he signed Dragon Lee,
2: not Realistico. <laughs> what are the odds that ends up on Red? Uh Ninety-five percent. That is not an invitation for one of you goofballs to go put it on Reddit. Right. Cause then all because of those then doors are gonna go,
3: guy, Tony Khan's an idiot. Oh voice right they do they're making stuff up. And it's like yes. you know, so, this time they're right. Yeah. This time we are making stuff up. So they're right. But uh,
2: yeah. Absolutely yeah. Oh um, man, my anyway, heart stopped a little bit. I was like, Tony, what are you, what? <laughs> like what happened? Tony. Tony, yeah, like Tony Tony, Tone, Tony. Tony, Tony. It's yeah. <laughs> He's not as good as Dragon <laughs> <laughs> Lee. <laughs> um what is the uh oh, what is man. that called? it's not po is it pose law what's the one where when parody is too on the nose that, it, it's, that, it, sometimes... that it's somehow yeah I, I forget
3: exactly I know I know the word you're saying but I forget what it is
2: yeah I don't think it's pose law someone in the chat will say it um I think I was a little too dry with it because everyone in the chat room bought it too um yeah, so, yeah, Sasha, I guess she'll either sit at ringside or I think she's going to do the come out after the match to challenge thing. I think. That's yeah, I, I do that. too.
3: Kyrie's going to be in the ring, you know, celebrating or whatever. The lights are going to dim and all of a sudden, you know, Mercedes with some dollar signs is going to show up. And then, yeah, she walks down the ramp and, you know, that, that, that's what I guess. Yeah, I like that a lot more than like cut to her, you know, sitting ringside. And it's like, oh, what's Mercedes doing
2: here? Like, that doesn't yeah, that doesn't do much for me, so. I mean, it, 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 you could have her sitting there all match for the camera to cut to her constantly for your little, for your tweets and your social media or whatnot. But you get the same effect if she just walks out on the. Yeah, ramp I, I think
3: you her. have her walk out behind her is the big that whatever that name is going to be. You know, I mean, the giant screen, the fireworks, the money, whatever you have, that's all there ready for her, and that's your picture: is her walking down that ramp at Russell Kingdom with the, the name behind her and all. That. Yeah, that, that to me, that's the picture you want versus her sitting in a, in a crowd with a bunch of people wearing masks, you know, looking weird around her, you, you know, like that, that I don't know if that has the same panache as, as her walking down the ramp with, with, you know, the money sign and, and the fireworks
2: and all that sort of stuff. That's the way you do it, I think. Um, do you, th- what kind of reaction do you think she'll get from the Tokyo Dome crowd? I don't know. I don't think she's going to get much. I think maybe some oohs and ahs. But...
3: Yeah, I'm not sure what cachet a, a Sasha Banks has in, in 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 Japan among those fans. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting because... I don't think they care. honestly. I think they just want American fans and Western fans to care.
2: Yeah. Which yeah. they will. No, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. but But I'm just curious what kind of response she's going to get because we haven't really discussed that it's interesting so kari and tam nakano right <laughs> sure is it nakano or nakano i,
3: I say nakano and i i positive this is one of those names that i'm going to say it one way 25 people are going to tell me no it's this way and then another 25 people are going to say no it's this way It's one of those names. So I don't know. All right. It's like Hiroshima. We asked (laughs) many people (laughs) how to actually pronounce it. And then eventually we said, all right, you know what? I'm going to ask this person and I'm going to ask this person. And they're people that you should trust. uh, Like uh, uh, English speaking people that uh, are very much related to Japan. and, And you hear them a lot very often. And they both gave us completely different answers.
2: So. So this Kyrie, all caps. This is the Kyrie Hojo, Kyrie yeah, Same. Yeah, yeah, of course. Elbow drop from the, the pirate. top. Yeah,
3: elbow drop from the, the pirates. Elbow drop from the top. It's right. got her wheel with her.
2: I, I yeah, the sail of the fucking <laughs> The old wooden sailor gimmick. wheel. Yeah, yeah, I love it. You don't like that sailor Art Thomas over here? Um, fucking the captain Mike Rotunda. <laughs> sailor um,
3: Art Thomas.
2: Yeah, is that would be. A great (laughs) Sailor Art Thomas. Yes. What a great Trios team. A Chikara King of Trios team. Sailor Art Thomas, (laughs) Captain Mike Rotunda, and Kari Hojo. Right? (laughs) Sailor. (laughs) Yeah. He has to have
3: been dead for like 40 years by now, right?
2: Is he dead? That may have been.
3: That may have been. That may have been one of your most rant. Like I know Sailor Art Thomas. I am positive that ninety five percent of people listening have no idea who Sailor Art <laughs> Thomas is. Hello, uh, He died in two thousand three, and I believe it or not, lasted a lot. Right. Seventy nine years old, died in uh, two thousand three. <laughs> sailor Art Thomas.
2: He's a big star, Sailor Art Thomas. Yeah, it's in,
3: in my neck of the woods for sure. I know for sure he was in 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 uh, in, in Midwest.
2: I'm just saying, like <laughs> he was a sailor. She's a sailor. You know? Yeah. Smooth sailing Ashley Remington could be their manager, too. That's true. You get him in the mix. Well, Sailor Art Thomas is dead, so we can put smooth sailing Ashley Remington in there instead, right? So we can still have our
3: King of Trios team. Yes, yeah. Today, yeah, you could still have, yeah, because you can't book Art Thomas right now. No, Sailor Art Thomas. I forgot that right he was in the WWE Hall of Fame. When you said, um, "When you said that's a Hall of Famer," I went, "Was he in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame?" I never remember seeing that name. He's in the WWE Hall. of Fame. I forgot about that. He's a Hall of Famer. What was that? Who you know? who did his induction?
2: What was that? When they were doing it in like a a hotel ballroom with? No, 40s? this was in 2016. Believe it or not. Oh, he might have been. They might have been doing that historical thing where they just don't do inductions. Oh, okay. Because I'm wondering, like, like who came hooping, out to.
3: Although, I don't know. You could
2: have had like Baron von Raschke or something like that come out
3: with them. He did a lot of stuff with those guys. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Was Bruno still? Bruno had passed away, I think, by that point. When did Bruno die? You know, actually, he probably could have had Bruno do it. Uh, Bruno died in 2018. Yeah, you could have Bruno do it. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember the Sailor R. Thomas uh, WWE Hall of Fame induction.
2: Maybe Bruno was like, "God, uh, Sailor Art Thomas, he was a piece of shit." <laughs> right. uh, hey
3: Paul, hey Paul, what did Sailor Art Thomas. He might not, yeah. he
2: might not have liked them. We don't know, you know. Yeah. Bruno wasn't shy, you know. He, he, you know. He, so who knows if they were even pals? I mean, they obviously wrestled, but um, uh, Bobo Brazil is dead, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. You can't have Bobo Brazil do it. So yeah. <laughs> anyway
2: there's a little sailor art Thomas talk
3: <laughs> there you go sailor art Thomas yeah bozel died in 1998 so he is he is dead Joe yes, he...
2: well I have to say as I'm watching Kyrie hojo here it's just Kyrie now right no hojo. Kyrie, yeah just Kyrie um against uh, Nakano here I will be thinking about sailor art Thomas I might be the only one but um I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a sailor art Thomas match I'm gonna make it a point there's your match of the to, week um,
3: after the Chris Masters uh, leg matches. Uh, the, the yeah, I don't know how many are I out there.
2: Yeah, I don't know how many are out there. Um, I mean, he he retired in 1981, so I don't know if. Uh, looks like there
3: is. I'm on YouTube right now, and it looks like there is a 16 minute Um. Sweet Daddy, Seeky, Sailor Art Thomas versus Lou Albano and Jack Owens. Because so we did a lot of stuff in the Chicago and that that stuff can will pop up a lot. The Fred Kohler Chicago stuff. Yeah, it yeah, does yeah. pop up a lot. So this that match is available and it looks like there's probably a few more from that 50s, 60s Chicago run.
2: The fact that he worked Detroit. And that era of WWWF tells me that he's probably the shits. But. I will obviously enter with an open mind. Great body. I build. mean, that just an that incredible tag, body. I mean, I think he was a oh yeah. bodybuilder throughout his, his career as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, but just being in a tag match with Lou Albano doesn't sound too encouraging. <laughs> no, in terms of definitely not. Yeah. Throwing a lot of stars on it. You know what I mean? Um, but I will make it a point to watch some sailor art Thomas. Oh, one second I'm watching
3: this match. I don't know.
2: Is he all right? Can he, he might, move? He might be pretty good
3: uh it's pretty grainy so ah, uh, you know what no he stinks he stinks he stinks yeah that was that, that was sweet daddy Seeky doing cool stuff oh okay because somebody tagged in and did like three drop kicks right in a row and I'm like holy shit, sailor art Thomas let's go but then they showed ju- they just showed sailor art and he wasn't doing anything so I don't know I I shouldn't say that he stinks but uh, he's not sweet I, he's not as good as sweet daddy Seeky, who who was actually awesome
2: you know uh so let's see can... oh my, no. yeah uh, he's yeah he's I have a feeling he stinks. <laughs> He's pretty just, rough. He's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> someone in the chat goes, I'll never forget Michael Cole referring to Kari's yachting personality. <laughs> yachting persona. Yachting, yachting, yachting persona. persona.
3: That sounds exactly perfect. Yeah.
2: She loves to have fun. She's got a yachting persona.
3: Ugh. God, yeah, because it's not enough for her to just be like sailor, like water themed. No, she literally is a sailor. You know what I mean? Like, don't she literally has to enjoy sailing the high seas? She can't just be, you know, that can't just be a motif or 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 her. Yeah, no, it's kind of fucking ridiculous. Is this
2: uh, is this Nakano any good, Rich?
3: Uh, Tam Nakano, yeah, she's solid. I think Kyrie's a little bit better, but I think Tam Nakano's decent.
2: I like Kyrie. Yeah, I like her. I enjoy her work. Um.
3: I've heard really good things about the Stardom match from uh, today. I'll, I'll try to check it out and watch it. I, I, oh, well, I will right, do. I do. will do. I always filter them to you. I always filter them to you, and I will let you know yeah. if it's good or not. Okay. Oh yes,
2: please do. Yeah.
3: I've heard good things. Please, please recommend it
2: if it's.
3: Uh, good <laughs> things. It's... Just saying. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles: Francesco Akira and TJP versus Leo Rush and Yo. Looking forward to that straight up tag match. Two great teams. Can't wait.
2: Uh, they had a great match in Cork in the kick off the tournament, the junior tag league tournament. And if it's anything like that, it's going to be one of the best matches on the show. I mean, so TJP has been phenomenal. I thought Leo Rush has just been great on the tour that he worked, and he has good chemistry with Yo. He was the best guy so, in that entire tour.
3: The world tag league, super junior tag, Leo all, all of them. Leo Rush, yeah.
2: I can't disagree. Um, you know, so that's a real sleeper match on this card that people who are parachuting in might not, you know, because you're typical someone parachuting in who maybe watches Wrestle Kingdom in the G1 final, right? They might not even know who Akira is. And they might be like, ah, TJP, ah, fuck him, he's canceled. And they might be like, you know, not be too excited about yo. But this is a real sleeper match. So I don't think TJP is canceled. I think he's just considered an asshole. <laughs> right, right. He's just, There's a slight uh, difference. He's just there. very um, annoying on Twitter. Right. I don't think he's officially canceled or anything. Um, but anyway, that that's a real sleeper match on the on the show.
3: Uh, and then we have the Antonio Inoki Memorial six-man tag. Togi Makabe, Satoshi Kojima, Yuji Nagata versus Tatsumi Fujinami, Minoru Suzuki, and Tiger Mask. Uh, we also have the KOPW 2023 New Japan Rambo. Uh, as well as the exhibition match between the debuting Oleg and uh, Oia, And uh, we incorrectly last week said that uh, Oleg was the WXW guy. That is not who we were talking about.
2: Yeah, we fucked that up. We got to get get Stat Boy to do correction. Who would be our Stat Boy? I
3: think Swink's got to do it, right? Ugh, Swink. We'll make it
2: Um, Andrew Rich. How about we make it Andrew Rich? Andrew, does he want to be stat boy no <laughs> and offer corrections <laughs> no. for all of I, our mistakes? I don't like, uh, think he does, but uh, I don't know. Like Tony Reale from Pardon the Interruption. Remember, he was stat boy. Yeah. And he would... Do the corrections at the end of the show. Usually a whole litany of mistakes that those two guys. Yeah, make. those
3: guys, were, it was,
2: <laughs> it was a weird segment. He's like, all right, so uh, Tony, you said that the, the Titans were nine and two. They're actually
3: eight and four. Michael, you yeah. said that the, the, this team won the NBA championship this year. No, that was actually this team. It's yeah. like, man, <laughs> these guys don't know shit, but it's hard when you're doing it live. You're on the cuff. You're just going, you're firing off, you know? Can't remember. It can't be perfect. It can't be perfect. But then to call him out, air it out on live t- TV, that's, uh, that's pretty nuts. It's not
2: easy. Yeah, no. but we confuse those two guys. This is the big Russian,
3: this Oleg. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Not the skinny. This, there's the other skinny guy, but this is, this is a big boy.
2: Well, he's a big guy too, but this is like that big, imposing looking Russian that's been at ringside, I think. So uh, I don't know. Owiwa has been impressive lately. Yeah. The, it's heating up those all Japan young boys versus the new Japan young lions. That shit's heating up. They had another match. So don't fall I'm rich. Don't fall behind. I Watch I that first I one I I from, from October. I'm telling you, cause there's more to come. So, you know, this is your kind of shit. Trust. I me. love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, that's Wrestle kingdom. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not super hot for it, but I'm going to sit there and, uh, you know, am I going to have snacks? I don't know. Probably not. It's the middle of the night. It's pretty early. Yeah.
3: It's hard to have yeah. 3 a.m. snacks. It's, it's, you what
2: know. am I going to eat? A plate of buffalo wings at 2 a.m.? <laughs> right? I usually, I mean,
3: my snacks are I just eat like four bowls of cereal. I just keep eating cereal. I, <laughs> cause it's like I'm, I'm up early and I don't know what to do and I'm kind of like hungry because I won't. So, but, but you're right. I can't like on a rip open a bag of Doritos at 2 a.m. after I just slept for six hours. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, I just yeah. eat. I just eat cereal. I just drink coffee and eat cereal for like five hours. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it live, and uh, so oh, that'll be reviewed uh, next week, I guess, right? Because that's the fourth. Yep. Yeah, we will. We will have time to uh, uh, review it. So. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll be doing a
3: show on the fifth. Yep. Yeah. Uh people have asked about instant reaction live uh t b d on that. We don't wanna say one way or another. It's uh is dependent. We're gonna see the scheduling of the show because uh it's on a weekday and I have to go to work. So I don't know that I necessarily can do an instant reaction live, but we're gonna we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see what we can do for you guys. But uh fucking guy in his job. It's unbelievable. I know, it's it's ridiculous. What well, yeah. if if more people I always tell people. Everyone's like, "Oh, what? You got why do you have to go to work?" Okay, if you tell your friends to tell their friends to tell their friends all to subscribe to the $10 tier, I can quit this fucking job tomorrow. You say that, but what's
2: your number? I got a number. You have a number? I got a number. You got a number? I got a number. It's in your head. It's in my head. Is it a a, a dollar number or a subscriber number? Uh, probably a dollar number. It's a dollar number. And I will
3: say it has lowered. I am joining the nurse's insurance uh, this year. so.
2: Oh, you moved to the nurse's insurance. Just saying. Just saying. I'm on my wife's insurance. That too. makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Um. All right. Rich has a number.
3: You guys heard I it. I got here. a number. They keep giving me raises, though. See, they keep giving me raises. So you guys have to raise the bar then, too. And then I will take off. Yeah, work. but you
2: have to adjust your number a little down from what you're making based on the fact that. Now I'm working from home in basketball shorts. Right. I don't have to punch
3: the clock. I don't have to drive. I know. No, don't don't worry. Don't worry. The number's so, lower. It's no, it's lower than that. But
2: yeah, you know, that, that's got to be the number. It's there. Okay. Rich has a number. Uh, Dragon Lee <laughs> signing with
3: WWE. Do we have anything more uh, to add about that? I just wanted to at least break that out. Uh, he I guess we did already, huh? Yeah, we did that. You know, he defeated uh, him and Trillistico, the uh, (laughs) Dragon Lee at home, uh, already uh, defeated FTR to win the AAA World Tag Team titles. Uh, After the match, Lee announced that he had joined WWE and he will start with the company in January, uh, beginning with NXT. uh, James Kimball. WWE's head of talent strategy and operations, Joe. You know James Kimball. Uh, He said, quote, Dragon Lee is a tremendous talent that will immediately add value to the NXT roster. This signing is reflective of WWE's renewed emphasis on globalizing our talent pipeline with Latin America positioned as a focal market. James Kimball. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. (laughs) I just saw that quote and I decided it'd be funny to say the name James Kimball. So that is James Kimball, the... uh, WWE's head of talent strategy and operations. So is that a shoot name of someone we should know? Uh, no, I have no idea who that is. I don't know either. Uh, all right. Looks like Gene's previously involved. he worked for UFC. righty then he's on Twitter. You could find him. He looks like a, ah, maybe he's a Nick Khan guy anyway. All right. So that's it. Dragon Lee still only 27 years old, uh, hoping and praying. Uh, he comes in with this new Japan dub theme, but uh, probably not going to happen.
2: So. Well, it's sad to see him retire.
3: <laughs> I hope he enjoys Winter Park Florida I uh, I for one Cannot wait for him And Zaylee To post photos Of them working out In various gyms Across Florida So Always be good
2: Yeah He had a good career Yeah uh, you know, Now he'll he, get uh, Some
3: great abs Him and Zaylee Can show off their abs Together So We'll see
2: he, uh, Do they take the mask Off of him mm, No I don't think so mm. Yeah You think I don't know
3: mm. Do you know what Dragon Lee... I don't know what Dragon Lee looks like
2: maskless, so I can't say if that's a good idea or not. Does he personally invest in tights that aren't child small? (laughs) I wouldn't. Not with that.
3: When when you got an ass like that, why would you? When you got got a body like that, how dare you? Why would you cover it up? They might ask him to cover it up, though, a little bit more. (laughs) They they might tell him we don't need to see the whole V we just need to see, you know, the abs are fine. The abs are good, but yeah, we don't need to see every part of your penis, except for just the penis. Like it, it's, there's a lot of dragon Lee out there, man. But uh, Hey, again, if you look like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear clothes either. Those youth medium tights. I <laughs> yeah, mean, they're, 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 <laughs> they're the pro the problem is he keeps getting bigger and they keep getting smaller. Like he has not bought new tights or he yeah, they, they're, they're small. <laughs>
2: they're very, very small, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Remember when he was Ryu Lee for like a year? Yeah, yeah. Remember he signed with um, New, Japan and <laughs> yeah, New Japan and yeah, New Japan. The pandemic happened, and he worked like two matches or something. Yeah, Rayu Lee as a New yeah. Japan guy. Co- he literally worked three matches with that 2020 contract, and then the pandemic happened, and then they just. I guess, paid him for the rest of the year. And then that was that
3: he was in, wasn't he in Liger's retirement match? And yes. we, I think we came on the show being like, yep, that's it. That's the stamp of approval. They think that guy's a guy that they're going to build around. <laughs> and they were, and then the pandemic
2: happened. So they were going to push him. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fucking pandemic happened. ROH used them on those pandemic, empty building shows. Anyway, um, You know, sometimes guys retire young. It's unfortunate. What are you gonna do? He peaked at the Hiromu matches in Mexico. Oh yeah, yeah, those rocked.
3: Yeah, I saw a lot of people getting like upset about this, and I don't. I think Dragon Lee's good, but I don't know that I was like super upset about this. Like people being like, "Oh (sighs) my god, WWE—they're signing like, like a—they're not signing everybody anymore." That—that's like an outdated, like five years ago thing. And I just don't know that I'm that. Like, I don't know. Dragon Lee's good, but I haven't seen a whole lot of him. I haven't seen it. Like, he doesn't feel like a huge loss to, like, the wrestling universe that he's in WWE. Like, I I don't know.
2: Uh, Look, guys are going to go there, you know? it's They pay good money, and they all got that WrestleMania dream, man. Dragon Lee's hitting the pillow tonight. He thinks he's main event in WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. For sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know.
3: Guaranteed, guaranteed contract, guaranteed check coming in the mail every single week and, and and a potential WrestleMania main event against Roman Reigns. So I get it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's quickly go over. We got about a half an hour here to hit uh, some some major shows. Let, actually, real quick, let's let's preview this and then we'll go into our Dragon Gate review uh, and RevPro review. Let's uh, briefly touch on the Noah the New Year show. Uh, streaming on Russell Universe January 1st, 4 a.m. Eastern. Uh, this one is Kaito Kiyomiya versus Kano. GHC Heavyweight Championship in your one of two double main events. Uh, but the match that is going to be going on last, because of course it is, The Great Muda versus Shinsuke Nakamura. So that's a hell of a one-two punch uh, for this Noah the New Year. What, what's your what's your excitement level for Muda versus Nakamura? I know that seeing Muda again is like, I'm with you, I've, I've seen him enough. But seeing Nakamura back in Noah, or, or back in in, in in proper Japan in a proper Japanese promotions got me a little excited to see if there's any of that old spark or if he's just completely just the guy we've seen for the last seven or eight years or whatever.
2: Yeah. It'll be interesting. He's doing the muta gimmick, right. And, um, you know, seeing knock back in Japan, very odd to to be seeing him in the green ring, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, I'll watch it. it. It'll, it'll be interesting. It's in a couple days. So, um, it is on the first, meaning it'll be late Saturday night, early Sunday morning for Americans, Wrestle Universe, of course, or your pirate site of choice. And um, you know, we'll we'll talk about it next week for sure. I mean uh, it, it's an interesting match.
3: Uh Kyo, Mia, and, and Kano, every time they've gotten in the ring, it's been fucking tremendous. And now they're gonna be in the you know, quote unquote domain event here for this show. I mean, that that I cannot wait to watch that match. I mean, these guys beat the ever-living shit out of each other, and I'm super excited to see this one, too. I think this is a big-time moment for them to finally sort of get that spotlight, have this big match. You know, I I feel like I'm <laughs> maybe spinning my wheels here with Kiyomiya, but it does feel like finally now they've, they've put the Mudo thing in the rear view. He's off doing shit with other people that he came up with and, and doing his retirement tour thing, but now it does finally feel like they're ready to kind of put this thing behind him. And, and get going. And I think this is going to be a really, really, really fun match. Kiyomiya and, and Kano just have tremendous chemistry with each other. And and I can't wait to watch it.
2: They've got history on these New Year's shows. And that's the thing about it. If you remember, Kano knocked him out on one of the New Year's shows a few years ago, three or four years ago. He won by KO. And then Kiyomiya, then they, they faced each other the following year with the roles reversed where Kiyomiya was the champion and he beat Kano. And then they had another match last year on new year's where Kano was the champion and he beat Kiyomiya again by like a KO, uh, you know, another knockout sort of deal. And that's just on new year's. They've had a million other matches, singles matches, usually involving the GHC title. And, they always beat the fucking piss out of each other. So this is one of my favorite matchups in all of wrestling. When these two guys hook it up, I mean, they, they, they always have great matches, hard hitting, and they have a history on these Noah new year shows. So, I mean, that's the match I'm most excited about on this card without question. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no
3: doubt. Because yeah. a lot of the other card, we don't have to go through match by match or whatever. A lot of the other card isn't really getting me super, super excited. Segura and Kojima versus Kenta and Marifuji. I mean, that's cool as hell to see Kenta and Marifuji back together. But it's ultimately, it's not Kenta of old. It's not Marifuji of old. I mean, it's still going to be cool to see those guys in the ring again. But it, they're certainly not what they were were you know many, many years ago. But it's still, Segura and Kojima versus Kenta and Marifuji is a pretty fucking awesome match on paper so uh, excited to watch that and then otherwise I don't know that there's a whole lot else on this card I'm, I'm super excited about so this might be one where I skip ahead watch the final three matches and then if I have time I'll go back and watch everything else but yeah I, I don't know that uh you know Yohei and KZ versus Ogawa and
2: has got me super super excited or I mean K- Kenta and Marafuji are back together and nobody's talking about right it. You know, and and um. should be a bigger deal. But I, yeah,
3: I don't know. It speaks. I think it speaks to where those guys are in this point of their career. But it, it also just kind of speaks to how many people probably aren't aware of how great these guys were. And that's a big reason why we wanted to get them on the observer ballot to at least have people discuss and talk about this team. Because I think they're way, 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 way better and have a way better catalog than people think they do. Just because, you know, if you weren't watching at that time and if you're a wrestling fan that just started watching 10 years ago, you, you know, you have no clue how good these guys are. But yeah, this is a big this is a big
2: time thing for them to be so- back together. Sugera and Kojima have been good. Oh, they've been really, I love that team. So that could be a nasty match. Um, you know, the junior title match, the Amakusa, which is, which is Heo doing the new gimmick um, with Junta Miyawaki. I think Heo, let me double check that. I get those two guys, not high 69. The other guy, Heo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's an X in that eight man tag. Any speculation you've seen? The, who's wrong guy bringing in is the
3: I have seen a lot of speculation towards Minoru Suzuki being that guy,
2: yeah. And you know, that wouldn't stun me at all. I like I said, it wouldn't stun me at all if Minoru Suzuki's done with New Japan, so you know, we'll see. Uh, Yohei and Casey uh, versus uh, Yoshinari Ogawa and Eita. So I'll be into that because you know, I love me some Yoshinari Ogawa. Um, Well, it could be, you know
3: what, I am into that match now because it can be yet another year 2023 where Ogawa goes out there and has a great match. Adding to his, you know, the catalog of years where Ogawa's had a fucking great match as he continues to pile them on and on and on and on uh, forever uh, and ever. uh, That guy was going to be great. He's going to be great. He's going to have to be great for like another 10 years. Right. And he's going to. Oh, he ain't done. He's not
2: going to slow down. How you guys slow down a a second. (laughs) He's not done. And the way he works, he can be good again for a while because, you know, he just picks body parts and brutalizes a body part. They did a 19 different turns again with the juniors recently. And, you know, they got out of that habit for a while. And now they're doing the thing where the juniors constantly turn on each other again, which is just what everybody wanted. (laughs) Well, look who's back around, you know? So, I mean, probably something to do with it. Um. Then There's some. I'm looking at the down card stuff. How about Tim Thatcher versus Jack Morris? Tim How about Thatcher,
3: that Jack Morris. Yeah, that's in our preview. Uh, uh I, I think I believe Paul wrote this. We have a preview up at voiceswrestling.com. Uh, and someone said, if you told me like eight months ago, would I be excited for a Timothy Thatcher, Jack Morris match on New Year's Day? I would ask you, who's Jack Morris? Because <laughs> it's like, what? Right, you know right. what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Who's Jack, Jack Morris, but yeah, Tim Thatcher, Jack Morris, just on the undercard of a Noah, the new year. It,
2: it's wild. I don't know. Mochiz- Mochizuki's bringing Mochizuki Jr. and his crew yeah, yeah, to yeah. work an opener with Susumu. So, you know, um it's a good looking lineup. I-, I think that'll probably be a good show if not a little long. It might be a little long. It's going to be a little long. And
3: that's why I'm going to do the thing where I scroll ahead, watch the final 3 and then if I got time I'll watch the others. I- I'll I'll try. Like production value of noa is always really good. Uh, it always looks beautiful and yeah, I mean it's it's New Year's Hey, New Year's is a time to to watch every Japanese wrestling promotion and say you're going to watch every Japanese wrestling promotion all year. And then 95% of them, you stop watching after that day. But, you know, you got to watch them all on New Year's Day. Got to watch your Big Japan. Got to watch your Zero 01. You got to watch your Noah. You just have to do it.
2: I'm looking at the card. I'm not into the junior title match. Um, I'm not into that six man tag with Yone Saito and Taniguchi versus Kitamiya, Anaba and Inamura. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, there's the singles match with Yano and Ozawa. Eh, I'm not really into that. Um, the American guys, D- Ninja Mac and Dante Leon are back, <laughs> and a six man with Alejandro versus Suji Kondo, Tarasuke, and and Hiroki. Um, oh wow! Look at you. Uh, little tongue roll too. You like the tongue yeah? Roll? I like it. You did not call him High Sixty Nine for the first time I think ever. I think there's only like three matches that I'm decidedly not into. So it's you know the 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 match with the X, you want to see who the X is. Uh, I want to see the X, so I, I can't say, say I'm see not the X, but I don't want to
3: see the match.
2: Okay, so once the X it's comes
3: Fujita, out It's Kenokashin, now Nosawa, and X. So I get
2: that. Once the X comes out, if it's not someone I'm into, I'm Xing right out. But I want to see who the X is.
3: Fair. Okay, that's fair.
2: So I can't say I'm not interested in a match when I'm clearly interested in the X. So that's a decent looking show. I think it's going to be too long. Here's what's going to happen. I'm not going to watch it live. It's going to be January 1st. I'm going to pull it up. The file is going to be four hours and 49 minutes. And I'm going to be <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, and, and I'm going to work through it. I'm going to listen to my good, close personal friend, Mark Pickering, who I am a very good, close personal friend. I'm of. sure
3: I'm sure he's going and to shout you out personally during the show and, and also call you his his very close personal friend. Yeah.
2: Well, he'll probably sub commentate me at some point, but (laughs) I don't think he's going to shout me out, Uh, (laughs) uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll be into it. What else we got here? All right, let's move on to
3: uh, we got reviews of two shows that we watched this week. Let's start with Dragon Gates. The final gate took place on Christmas Day. I know, Joe, you opened the presents. You said, hurry, hurry, open the presents, open your Tendo switch. I got to watch some Dragon Gates. Did you watch this on Christmas Day proper? No. Oh, okay.
2: No. You were
3: spending time with your family?
2: Yeah. What kind of degenerate do you think I am? (laughs) You were watching basketball and watching football by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) This is not 2014 flagship where I probably would have watched it on Christmas Day. Um, you know, I had shit to do. So, uh, no, I did not watch this show on Christmas. Yeah, day. I told the kids, Hey, wrap this thing up, <laughs> not wrap it up, wrap, wrap, unwrap this yeah. shit. Cause I gotta go, uh, I gotta
3: watch the final game, but anyway, a uh, sick place on Christmas day. I also did not watch this on uh Christmas day proper, but, uh, main event, uh, Yuki Yoshioka defeat, uh, defeats Ben K. Uh, to retain the Open the Dream Gate uh, Championship. I really, really like this match. Uh, where were you at on this? This was kind of a rebuild of Ben K. There's been a lot of time where Ben K has just kind of been on the outside looking in in Dragon Gate. Uh, he had this moment a couple of years ago and then got knocked out in the match, like knocked out proper. Uh, and then from that point forward, it's all been kind of just – he's he's. it felt like they just either haven't featured him or they're not quite sure what they wanted for him. But this, I felt, was a huge, huge moment for Ben K to kind of prove to everybody that, no, 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 I still belong and I'm still a top, top dude. And uh, I thought they had a really, really fun match here. I know you've been kind of in between on Yoshioka. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, I like Ben Benkei, and I thought these guys had a tremendous, tremendous main event. What did you think of the main event
2: of Final Gate? I thought this match had three very distinct acts. Uh, they grappled at the start. And then in the middle portion of the match, they beat the shit out of each other. And it really felt like a very non-Dragon Gate Main event in that it, it felt like the the style of work and the style of match that you would see maybe in the Big Japan Strong Division or something like that because they were really laying into each other and these are bigger guys by Dragon Gate's right, right, right,
3: right. I I liken this to like a Segura versus you know insert whoever match. You know what I mean? Whether that be from you know Noah or or Big, you know what I mean like it's one of those kind of 2015. Big Japan Strong, or you know, Segura versus Suzuki type of match or whatever. And Noah, like that's what I put in my notes. It's like I this didn't feel or look like a Dragon Gate match for a few moments there,
2: which is cool. I like that. No, yeah, because by Dragon Gate standards, they're bigger guys. They'd be smaller guys in any other promotion, but they're big guys for Dragon Gate. And then the third act was the excellent closing stretch. So as a total package. I really enjoyed this match. And for me, it was the best Yoshioka match I've ever seen because I've never been particularly impressed by this guy. Um, so I went four and a quarter on it. I think that Yoshioka, for me, I just find him extremely boring as a personality. He he doesn't grab me. I'm not interested in him at all. I don't look forward to his matches. Um, but this match was really good. So I have to give him credit. Am I looking forward to his next title defense um, against um, who the fuck walked out? Shun Skywalker, um, yeah, because I hope he loses because I, I like Skywalker and I don't like Yoshioka. But I know the company's behind Yoshioka. I don't think this card drew particularly well. Uh, um, Two thousand five hundred
3: eighty nine. So I don't know. I don't know where that ranks. I'm sure. I'm sure the Open the Voice Gate podcast they'll they'll have some insights well, uh, on that, but.
2: Way down from the last pre-pandemic Dragon Gate, but uh, f- from the last pre-pandemic Final Gate. But that might be a little unfair because everybody's way down from pre-pandemic levels in Japan, with the exception of maybe Noah. Um, so and it's Stardom maybe, but I don't pay close enough attention. But um, you know, and and they were up a little from the last Final Gate but I don't know anything about what the restrictions are anymore or anything. I just know that they're still way down from the pre-pandemic final gate. Um, So I don't know necessarily if this guy is working at the gate. I know that their attendance has been ticking up a little. I find him extremely dry. I don't think he has any charisma, Um, but I seem to be on an Island. I don't know. He just does nothing for me, but this was a really good match. Uh, It's weird because he does nothing for me, but I see what they see in him. Does that make sense? Right, right. Like, he, under-
3: he, he projects like a star. He looks, he kind of carries himself, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, he also doesn't have the charisma of a star. Like he looks good with the title. He comes out and you're like, that guy's a champion. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's got a good look. He's got good hair. He comes out looking good with the title. You're like, yeah, that guy looks like a world champion, but then there's not a whole lot else there. And I get it. I, 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 get I, I'm more, I'm more with you on that than, than I've seen from other people, but I do think his work is good.
2: You're more into his work than I am. Yeah, I like his
3: work a lot more than you do, but I kind of agree with you that he's kind of a dry personality.
2: So Kai versus Yamato last year did 2,012 fans in the same building. So they're about 500 up from last year, but um, I mean, it's fucking Kai. In 2019, they did 3289 pre-pandemic for Naruki Doi versus Benkei. So... Um, You know, like I said, down from pre-pandemic levels. And then if you go back any further than that, thirty-seven, forty-six for 2018, which was Dragon Kid versus Ata, hair versus mask. And then before that, I think we're going to run into fake numbers. Yeah, like 6,000. No, now we're, now 000, we're getting to like,
3: 6,000, 8,000. Yeah, these clearly not which, real
2: numbers. Which, which was probably more than now and probably more than those other shows, honestly, but um, definitely not what was reported either. But um, so I guess they're up a little from last year, but again, I don't know what the the restrictions were versus last year or whatever. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good match. I, I I enjoyed the match a lot and I went in with gritted teeth thinking I wasn't going to like it. So it won me over and I liked it, but unfortunately, Yuki Yoshioka continues to not do a thing for me. I can take him or leave him. So, um, You've always been a pretty big Benkei guy though, right? I like Ben Kay and I like his new kind of like this smarmy kind of gimmick that yeah, he's doing. Yeah, that,
3: that's perfect, um, perfect. Cause he looks like a smarmy asshole and he like he's in shape and he's you know attractive. And so, yeah, I, I think that's the best way to put him. It's just smarmy asshole.
2: Yeah. And th- th- you know, the match was, like I said, it had three very distinct acts and it was well put together. And I thought the work was excellent. I thought it was stiff at times, or at least came across stiff. And very un-Dragon Gate-like, you know? So I, I I did enjoy it from that standpoint. Um, And I thought by far it was the best match on the card. Like, not even close. Yeah, and then
3: uh, that's going to be kind of my point is that the rest of the card didn't really do a ton for me. I thought it ended pretty good. BB uh, Hulk and Shingo Takagi uh, versus uh, Makuta K- uh, Kakuta uh, and Yamato was fine, but it wasn't, you know... I mean, it was cool to see Shingo back in there, but nothing that spectacular. You got to go out of your way to see... Uh, the open, the Triangle Gate, the Zebrats uh, defeating Tsuji Kondo, uh, Owashi, and and, and the rookie Doi. I I was kind of, but I don't know. I didn't really like that match at all. I mean, there was a lot of not great wrestlers in that match, so that didn't help matters it's a at new, all.
2: You know, it's a new Dragon Gate and where normally these openers would be guys like Super Seisha and Kness and a lot of the rookies. And it would be four minutes long and it would be wall to wall super action. And it would just be a meaningless throwaway match, but it would be the rookies getting reps and a chance to see the veterans. And it'd be very short. It's a different company now. It's just a different company now. And I, I personally have, am struggling with that. I don't like one word dragon gate nearly as much as I liked two word dragon gate. And I think the difference for me is this version of dragon gate doesn't feel fun. The, the previous version of dragon gate always felt fun fun without and they would tiptoe to the line of being too goofy and never cross it this version of dragon gate the fun factor is gone and now it's just this super serious wrestling promotion and there's just i don't know it's like the best comparison i can make is like you had this friend and maybe they did coke sometimes maybe they were an alcoholic but they were fun, right? But then they, they, like, cleaned up their life, and now they're not fun anymore. You know, they're just you – know, they're, they're the same guy, and you can still hang out with them. But, uh, you know, you're not, they don't have the wild times. They don't, they're not as quick-witted. They're, uh, or maybe if you have a friend that just went super woke – you have any friends that just went super woke, and you're like, I can't hang out with you anymore. Like you're, you're uncomfortable to be around. No, I, like, I had more of the other
3: one, <laughs> the other side that you're talking about there. But
2: you never had a friend that I, just went super woke.
3: No, on you. I had more of the wild like, child that uh, then slowed down their lives a little bit. So
2: yeah, like Dragon Gate, like it doesn't feel fun anymore to me. I don't know. And then, and, and just the openers are, di- everything's different about the company. Anyway, let's just keep going.
3: Yeah. I, I will say the one match that I would definitely recommend checking out uh, Kaito, Naga, uh, uh, Nagano uh, and, uh, and Kato. Those are the two really young guys that they have. Uh, those guys have gotten wins like very early on in their careers. They've gotten big time wins and they did it again here um, uh, with those guys, you know, debuting and getting wins in like their debut matches. They're only a couple months into their careers, So uh, two guys that they definitely want to build around for the future. So that's a pretty good yes, about? Yes, yes, yes.
2: Well, that fucking... That, that Yoshiki Kato. Okay, that Yoshiki Kato. Yeah. It's like... I don't know. Do we still do the intro where Punk says, do I have your attention now? Uh, that's the long... We only do... Uh, special ones for that. Special special occasions for the long one. This fucking guy. This Yoshiki Kato. This is Dragon Gate saying to me, do I have your attention now? Because I've been down on the comedy. This motherfucker is all... This is Joe Lanza, right? Yeah, now. for this sure. Yoshiki I love this guy. Now... He's a little older, I think, like 26 or something like that. So he's not like super young like these other dudes. And, you know, but that's a dude where my eyes are instantly on him. And I love his style. And, I, you know, this is a guy that that I can invest in. They're, they're, now, I don't know if he's going to end up being good. But they see the same thing I see. Because this was a two-minute squash over two veterans. Like Monday Ryu, they never push and fucking... Cyber Kong, nobody cares about anymore. But it was still a statement for these two guys who have less than like, like Nagano. Months, How like many months they've have. they've
3: like, trained for months? They're this they're months into their career at this point.
2: Yeah, Nagano's twenty years old and he has like ten matches under, or more than that. He's got like twenty five matches or something under his belt, and they just ran through him like a fucking freight train. So. They're not afraid to
0: push these guys. No, that's for
3: sure. So, so that's the match that definitely if you're, if you're picking and choosing matches to watch, uh, that is one to check out. Just just to see that because that's clearly a we want to get behind these guys so that you know, they're just going to fucking destroy these old guys. Just beat their asses. Uh, so, so that match. And then uh, Diamante, I thought it was pretty good in his singles match as well against Cota Minora uh, there. Diamante, I, I think, is a pretty solid talent. I'd like to see him in more singles matches uh, moving forward. But yeah, ultimately, like I thought it was an OK show. Uh, with the main event being pretty damn good, uh, and that kind of made it, you know, to me, it overall thumbs up show. But I, I, there was there's a lot that I didn't super love, and I was kind of bored at times watching this. But the main event did kind of redeem everything for me because I, I thought it was really really tremendous.
2: Yeah, um, you know, the Diamante Cota Menora match. Diamante uh, was a is a very much a. Um, I thought he was a guilty pleasure of mine, but apparently a lot of people think he's really great. So I, I, I guess I'm not unique in that opinion. Uh, we'll talk more about that next week, I think. Um, the It was cool to see Shingo back in the Dragon Gate ring. And, you know, the match with, you know, obviously Yamato and Kakuta on the other side, you know, the former hip-hop k- k- Kakuta, um, there to lose and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, the Triangle Gate match... Was okay. I I can't say it set my world on fire. Um, you know Minorita versus Hill was all right. I don't know. I'm I'm still not super high on the like this show was fine. I I didn't hate this show. I liked this show and I thought it had a great main event. And I'm really into this Yoshiki Kato. But um, can I sit here and tell you that Dragon Gate has reeled me back in? Uh, they have not. I need these young wrestlers to start showing a little more charisma. I know it's a lot to ask for a lot of them because they're so early in their careers and whatnot. The Dragon Gate's just missing something for me. It's 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 the fun factor. I'm telling you, that's what it is. I, I get it. I get it. I watched that T Hawk versus um uh what's that guy's name in Singapore pro wrestling? Aiden 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 um, I forget his last name. That felt like a fun, old school fun Dragon Gate match. You know, he had Shima and the rest of the Strong Hearts at ringside. They did the the the, the ref You're distraction about Aiden and Aiden Rex, right? Aiden Rex. I wrote the review last week. They did the ref distraction and the like the train spot with the with the units fucking in each other. And I'm like, like, damn, this is what Dragon Gate used to feel like, you know? This version of Dragon Gate is like, I, I don't know, man. It's like, it's like your buddy became a born again Christian or something. <laughs> I I don't. It's like uh, the best Joel, way I
3: put Joel it. Abraham put in the uh, no dope Sharon. By the way, Super J Cast. Uh, he's the co-host of the super J cast uh, just released an episode as this show was going on. Amazing how that can happen. uh, Previewing wrestle kingdom with one Kevin Kelly. So there you go. Super J cast this week, Kevin Kelly joins Joel and Damon to preview wrestle kingdom. 17. Uh, Joel says DG are a buddy that had kids and now won't shut up about his kids
2: that's not bad either
3: yeah I that mean, guy you know the guy was a fun party guy and now he's like you're like hey what's going on man and he's like oh so like lexi is walking and you're like oh man <laughs> like, yeah. yeah cool
2: yeah. <laughs> like, yeah no one cares i don't care about yeah. your trophy kids man <laughs> like, yeah yeah no that's a good one too yeah, yeah they showing there's, you his pictures yeah. of his phone oh we went to disney world i dude, i don't care <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah out. yeah no, that was like, magic yeah. kingdom all right cool yeah cool sweet vacation pictures oh my god Uh,
3: nobody wants to see that ever unless asked do not show people vacation photos so and unless clearly asked and not just like that oh you guys went to disney world oh that's cool like you know that's not asking to see pictures They will say if they want them. Anyway, let's get to this RevPro show as we finalize this show and finalize our 2022 output uh, on the flagship podcast. Uh, RevPro's Uprising 2022 from York Hall, the final York Hall show uh, for Uh, RevPro. RevPro, they've got to get this mic thing figured out. The microphones on this show were so bad. What are you doing? The audio on this show was... (laughs)
1: <laughs>
3: it's just popping every time. You can't hear anything. It's so loud. Oh and this is us. This is us saying it. this is Joe Lanza telling you this.
2: Leon Slater, Arch and Harvard. Yeah.
3: It's so bad. Yeah, they gotta get this. Because it looks good. Like, you know what I mean? It looks good. It's it's well lit. It's in a good building. The crowd's hot, but yeah, we gotta we gotta get this audio figured out, Andy. Please, I I've offered to uh, Neil uh, Eurograps Express host on the Voice Wrestling Podcast. Network. He goes to a lot of these Rev Pro shows. I've offered uh, to 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 pass around a collection plate to get these guys some fucking microphones or a limiter or something to get this audio in in, in check because I love these shows. I love a lot of what RevPro Pro does, but god damn, do I hate listening to these shows. But yeah, anyway. Let's get to these uh, matches here. Uh, <laughs> I want to start out with this. Uh, they start off the show with a uh, uh, the refro undisputed British cruiserweight title 4 way elimination match. So it was it was Robbie X, Will Craven, Luke Jacobs who
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: I don't know what the weight limit is for cruiserweights. Um, I don't know if it's like the X division, and there's no it's not about weight limits, it's about no limits. But whatever the weight limits are for this uh, cruiserweight division unless it's over 250, I don't think Luke Jacobs is a cruiserweight anymore.
2: In in my headcanon, <laughs> he was he was allowed to defend the title until he lost it and now he's banned from the division That's because there's no
3: good headcanon. Yes, because he continued to gain weight to the point and not, not he's not like, you know. I mean he's a bigger dude. It's not like I'm not like Rich. making fun of him, but he's fucking he's not a, a cruiserweight. He's a, <laughs> he's a goddamn Haas is what he is. Yeah, right, he's not a cruiserweight. So then I was like, all right, because Luke Jacobs is in here, and I, he comes out, and you're like, "That dude's huge. He's not a cruiserweight. Get the fuck out of here." So then Dan Maloney shows up, and they talk shit, and Luke Jacobs says, "Well, if you want some, come get some. Get in this ring." And then Dan Maloney joins the fray. This man is also not a cruiserweight. <laughs> I'm positive no. of it. No. So you got little Robbie X, who's like five foot two, clearly a cruiserweight. This Will Craven guy is like five seven, but weighs about 125 pounds. He's Very a cruiserweight. Much-y.
2: Yeah, very much a twink. <laughs> yes, yes right.
3: absolutely. Yeah, Luke yeah. Jacobs, who I don't know is like five foot nine, but easily like two fifty, right? Um, he's a big boy. Ja- Jacobs is a hoss. He's a big you know boy. He he's not yeah. a cruiserweight. And then Dan Maloney, who's a brick shithouse. <laughs> he's like yeah. six. The guy's like six two, chiseled out of granite. Yeah, he's I don't know if he's that massive.
2: tall, but <laughs> he's, he, he's not a he's, he's not a cruiserweight. He's no, not a cruiserweight. He's, he's, no, and he's wrestling in work boots and jeans. <laughs> yeah, well, right? he wasn't
3: he wasn't ready for a fight, but Luke Jacobs called him up. Uh, apparently, he's five right. ten. That's what uh, Rev Pro's website
2: is telling. That me. sounds about right. Five yeah. ten. He's a, but the man is a, a brick shithouse house. He is not a cruiserweight. He was he was he was working the men at work gimmick with uh, Mark Starr and uh, <laughs> and uh, who's the other guy? Uh, a fucking um, uh, Chris Canyon, right? Chris Canyon. Yeah, yeah, men at work with the fucking jeans and the work boots. <laughs> right. The That's plaid, what it reminded me the of. The plaid vests, yeah. He was just yeah, he was just missing the fucking orange work vest in that little <laughs> hat. You know? Uh sure. but yeah, he, he he joins the match. Two men who are definitely not cruiserweights involved in this one. But they were the first two men out. They were the so first two out. They, Robbie X got
3: the win, so it's back on a cruiserweight, so good for them.
2: They did the Heyman thing where, well, Jacobs was eliminated. Second Maloney was out and then Maloney came in and, and beat up Jacobs. And then Jacobs, he got, so they're going to do a Maloney Jacobs feud coming out of this as Robbie X is now your new cruiserweight champion and moves on to do whatever he's going to do. So
3: be an opener, Um, defend the style and opener.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. He is their opener guy. Yeah. Uh,
3: I'll bunch, I'll jump around a little bit. I don't know if you have any strong thoughts on Danny Luna and Kanji. Did you have any strong thoughts on Danny Luna and Kanji?
2: Yeah, I very strongly pressed the fast forward button on my <laughs> I was remote. Say, i going to
3: say, I you may have you may have missed that one. Uh, there was also the referral undisputed British tag team title street fight. Um, speaking of fast forward buttons, I saw a table and a chair, and I just said, "I'm I'm I, I can't I, I can't Joe, I'm done. In 2022, I am done watching people hit each other with shit.
2: So uh, I don't know if this match was good or not because I skipped it. Well, they were wearing their bunkhouse stampede street clothes here, so oh, okay, uh, yeah. No, I mean, once they got in the ring, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was uh, pretty violent. I mean, they at one point, they fish hooked Chuck Mambo with a turnbuckle, not the pad, but the actual turnbuckle. Okay, okay. And, you know, and T.K. Cooper was bleeding from the forehead and, and, you know, uh, uh, Greedy Souls, which is Brendan White. Who um you know was was one of their I think he was one of their young lions at one point and and Danny Jones they're the champs and they retained here but yeah you know you and I have both had enough of these street fights but this one did win me over by the end and to be completely honest like it's not Rev Pro's fault that WWE right can't right stop right it's, it's a me
3: problem it's not a them problem it's just I don't want to see people hit each other with shit ever again
2: right it's not their fault though that the two biggest companies keep doing this shit. Especially WWE
3: though. Uh, then a match I do want to talk about: Zack Saber Jr. versus Leon Slater. Leon Slater is a guy that we've been talking about all this year. Uh, I forget there was a match earlier in the year, and I forget who it is against. I forget what month it was, but there was a match where I said, "Whoa, this guy's a, a this guy's going to be something." Circled him, said, "I like what I see out of Leon Slater," uh, and ref Pro obviously sees what they likes what they see out of him, and I think Zack Saber Jr. likes what he sees out of him because they went out there, and Zack Saber Jr. gave this guy. Everything he could possibly give him in these eight, 17 and a half minutes, almost 18 minutes, they worked their asses off in this match, and Zack Sabre Jr. did everything he can to make Leon Slater look like he belonged on his level, and ultimately, Zack Sabre Jr. got the win, but Leon Slater survived and fought and survived and fought and fought, and it's one of the oldest... Most classic, you know, wrestling match structures is the the KG veteran versus the youngster, and and the KG veteran maybe taking the youngster for granted, but then finding out, oh, wait, this youngster's got a little bit more than I thought in him. The youngster not going away, and then a vi- finally the KG veteran just saying, all right, no, enough's enough, putting this guy away and finally defeating him. And they did it here, and it rocked, and I loved it. And I thought this was really, really good. Go out of your way to watch this match, uh, mostly just to see Leon Slater, who I think is going to be a big deal in Rev Pro uh, in 2023. What did you think yeah, of Sabre and Slater?
2: Yeah, it was a good match. Yeah, and Leon Slater is a guy to keep an eye on. You know, there's there's some upside there. He's not even close to a finished product. But you book a match like this on purpose, you know, to get him in there with one of the best guys in the world and, and someone that can give him a little credibility. And he's not at the point where he should be beating Zach Sabre no, no, no. Jr. No, And he didn't. But for, you know, for Zach to have, you know, a back-and-forth match with this guy... Uh, And for them to book him with Zack Sabre Jr. to begin with, you know, tells you what they think of him. So he's uh, definitely a guy in this promotion to keep an eye on in 2023. Uh, Then we'll move on to the final few matches here. We had
3: uh, Great Ocon versus Zack Knight. He was replacing Ricky Knight Jr. uh, For the Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight Title Match. Great Ocon defeating Zack Knight. So then winning uh, the title here. Uh, Zack, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but uh, yeah, this was... uh, no good
2: That's all right. i mean i you know they, he's, they, he's not ricky was, knight
3: he's not rkj i'll tell you that but uh, he's
2: not rkj and a lot of it was building towards the eventual rkj great O'Con match you know rkj got involved in, in at different points in this and um you know so the story was that zach knight was just overmatched and ricky knight jr with the broken wrist Unfortunately, he lost his title, even though he um, didn't even step into the ring. And he's going to want to seek revenge, not only to get his title back, but to avenge the, the loss that his brother took here. And, um, you know, they were, they were telling stories here more than anything else. And, you know, O'Connor, I'm, I'm confident, would have lost this match if it was just Ricky Knight Jr. versus O'Connor. But with that said, if Ricky Knight Jr. hadn't gotten injured, we would have never gotten the Will Ospreay Tomohiro Ishii match. So it all worked out. You know, Oku and Mills with their, with the, you know, they did the split and they're doing this big feud now. Those would have been the top two matches and there would have been no Will Ospreay Hero Ishii match. So it was like a little happy accident because now Ricky Knight Jr. has this obvious story with the great Okan. Yeah, I think it's going to actually be a cool story.
3: Like, I, I love that story of him. Like, yeah, hey, you know, you never beat me. You never beat me for this title. Now I'm going to get it. Like, I think there's a good story arc there. I, I like it. And it gives Lord Gideon Gray more opportunity to be just an absolute shitbag in that company. Uh, so yeah, I I think it kind of worked out pretty perfectly to be honest. Like the match itself didn't deliver that much for me, but uh, again, like I, I I think now you have a, a, a you bring Ocon back, you have Gideon Gray filling the gaps in between, and then yeah, the story is you know Ricky and Junior getting healthy, getting ready, uh, and finally going back there and 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 winning the title back. So yeah, sounds awesome.
2: Yeah, and he gets to be the one to end the undefeated streak and give Ocon his first loss, and we got to get to see a really cool Will Ospreay versus Ishii match that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So, um, and how about Will Ospreay, um, you know, resting up for wrestle kingdom, not taking any bookings, but right back to the rescue when asked, right, right back to the rescue when asked, you know, it, it's,
3: if it's to be believed, and I don't know, obviously Andy and, and I think it was Alex Windsor was on commentary, uh, during the the main event, but, uh, I f- I forgot the one I think I'm pretty sure it was Alex Windsor that was on commentary said that Will called them or Will called Andy and said Hey I think you you, you need a replacement I'm there for it. <laughs> type of thing yeah. which is just wild and that's exactly you know that's that's Will I mean he is that's Will. a yeah, super fucking worker who is just and and them saying like Will you need a break and he's just like no, I'm, I'm good I'll I'll do it I'll do it you know Let's do this Let's go and,
2: and then go. going out there and having that <laughs> match. And having that match Yeah and then
3: not dogging it but having another tremendous fucking match.
2: Yeah, so you know, going out there and having a four and a half star match, and getting the the snot beat out of you by by this fucking bowling ball, um, you know what else can you say? And then you know Oku and Mills, you know they had their big match. Yeah, it was all right. And Mills Mills finally got rid of that atrocious haircut. Oh, I though. was gonna I'll say. I, so first that. off, I like this match a lot. And second off, what a
3: glow up for for one Connor Mills, man. Yeah. Well, so it was was the weird dreadlocks thing just like a troll to like build up to this? Where he would get a real haircut, like a, an actual, like normal haircut, and look like a normal human being, maybe. Because um, I hope. so. Because if somebody, if if somebody in his life told him that the the cornrow dreadlocks was a good look for him, I don't know who it was. Because then he came out here, and I'm like, who? I thought he was facing Connor Mills, and I'm like, that's Connor Mills. Holy shit! Look at that guy. Good looking guy, you know. Got nice head of hair. What are you doing with the the dreadlock cornrows?
2: Yeah, I mean, is he is he is he still the Jordan Oliver of the UK wh- without the hair or wh- No, do I
3: don't think so. I, I thought I I like this match a lot. I mean it was very like heavy in terms of the story and and the stuff, but I think it deserved that. You know what I mean? And, and it earned that. So I don't know. I, I like yeah. this a lot. I thought it was pretty good. I thought Oku showed some nice fire. He always does, you know, in these types of matches, shows pretty good fire. I thought Mills was pretty solid as a shit bag. Um, Amira, who, who got involved, was pretty solid as yeah. well. So, yeah, I, I think everybody played their role pretty perfect uh, here. I I enjoyed this match a lot. I, I thought it was good. A little long, like they probably could have. And that's kind of an Oku problem, too. Like they probably definitely could have cut off like, you know, seven or eight minutes of this match or whatever. and Probably been just perfectly fine with it. But uh, I liked it. I thought it was solid. I I, I It needed that sort of heavy handed story in it. And you got the girl out there and. Conor Mills. I mean, the real reason that this match is happening is because Conor Mills, you know, Oku says, I'm not going to fight you. I don't want to fight you. I don't really care. And then Conor Mills knocks out a mirror and then he goes, oh, well, fuck you now. Now we're going to fight. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I, I, I liked it. I liked it probably more than I expected to like it going in.
2: I think Oku has hit his ceiling. You know, there was pre speaking out pre pandemic in the before times, Rich a lot of people thought Oku was going to be the next huge star. In, oh in, yeah. In yeah. wrestling. And no. there was even a lot of talk that he was the best wrestler in those days, which was absurd because he was green and, but he always had that great crowd connection. And, um, but, but I, he's a little older than people think. And I think he has hit his ceiling and I don't even mean that necessarily to knock him because he's obviously a key component to this roster He's very popular. He still has that great crowd connection, but I don't think he's ever going to become like this next great wrestler who's going to pop up on a super junior tour. And, you know, um, I think we've hit the ceiling with Michael Oku. That's, that's my feeling here. Um, I think that RKJ has the higher ceiling. I, you know, I don't even think that's controversial. RKJ is a guy who I can see his career expanding beyond this and, 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 becoming a worldwide star and all of those things. Um, You know, we haven't seen some of the other guys like uh, like J.J. Gale or or some of these others, you know, that um, work a little more sporadically. And now we have this Leon Slater, who's a long term prospect. But as far as Oku goes, I think he's hit the ceiling. I'd be interested to see what other people think about that.
3: Um, I like him, but I think you're probably right. Yeah, ultimately, I don't think he's like I would I wouldn't at this point shoe him in as like a guy that I want as like my top star or my champion or whatever. I like him as like a guy on the card, you know semi-main events, middle of the card type of guy. That's where he is. But you're right. People were expecting this guy to be like the next big thing, quote unquote. And, and he he's not that. He's just he, he's not.
2: I think people hyped him up too much. I think people when when they this were was
3: desperate thriving... to find the next guy. And that was the guy that everybody was like, this is the next guy. Like it was post a lot of the post NXT UK thing was like this. There's no one left. And it's like, no, there's this guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, OK, hold on.
2: Yeah. and And we didn't get Callum Newman or JJ Gale on this show, but um, Callum Newman, I think has unlimited upside. Um, and JJ Gale's one who we'll have to see too. They got a lot, a lot of nice young wrestlers that are sort of in this rev pro verse, yeah. you know, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, Oku, I think he's got, Oku might be 30 at this point. He might not even be in his twenties anymore. Let me see. Michael Oku I think that is 29 be... years old. 29. Okay. Yeah. This is who he is. I think. You know, I I think we're topping out. I think we're 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 hitting the ceiling with him. So, um, sounds like I'm burying the guy. I mean, I like him just fine, but um, I don't think he's getting much better than this. Is I guess is my point. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there.
3: But I, and I think it was match.
2: overhyped to begin with. Oh to yeah, some yeah. degree. Yeah,
3: and that's not necessarily his fault. I mean, that's that's just yeah, yeah. the hype train went on him. But yeah, I like this match. I, I I would definitely recommend it. They did a good promo video too. If you're trying to catch up on the story or whatnot, I think they did a good job of. Letting you know what's going on. And then obviously the main event was Will Ospreay and Tomo Rishi, And it's, I mean, it's Will Ospreay and it's Tomo Rishi, And they had a 20 minute match. So what do you think happened? <laughs> it was so fucking great. So
2: yeah. Full on maximum effort from both guys. Um, And Ospreay doesn't have to do that. He can show up and have a perfectly competent match and play the hits. But no, they went out there and beat the piss out of each other. Um, I did see that somebody asked on Twitter. They asked the RevPro account, which I'm pretty sure is, is uh, the promoter. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, about global wars. And he made an interesting comment that the ticket prices of, of airfare from Japan has basically tripled. And to not get your hopes up for that. And they'll try to make it work, but um, it's just cost prohibitive at this point with the airfare as it is. So that was interesting. Um, but they got Ishii in here for this. Now I don't know how that lined up with the Jericho match. I mean, let's let's look that up. Did he like stop on the way back to Japan, going the long way, or something? Like how did this? How did this booking even? I think he. Well, are you talking about for Will? No, for Ishi. Oh, for Ishi, yeah. Who the fuck
3: knows, man? That guy's a world traveler. He, um, he, they seem to always be able to sneak him in. Uh, did they put him in the luggage? They just might stuff him in a bag or something like no, that. So, okay, him? so
2: he wrestled Jericho on November 23rd, and this wasn't until December 17th. He just I'm saying. blew his
3: ass in. They, they just, just flew, flew, they, in. Yeah, he always seems to find a way. Like He's just always booked everywhere. He's, like any country, any the, on, a, on, a, on a second's notice, they'll get Tomorishi in there.
2: Yeah, they just flew him in, I guess. Does he, maybe he, then
3: he probably flies coach. He probably doesn't care, right? Puts his sunglasses on.
2: No, because then five days later he was working the cork in Christmas shows. <laughs> right, I, know. <laughs> I don't know. Now Osprey may have just been in England anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think I,
3: he's he he stays in the UK.
2: So. And it's around Christmas time, so yeah, he so he's probably just chilling there.
3: with his family. And then he said, "Ah, fuck it, I'll wrestle. Why not? You know, screw
2: it. I got my gear. I'm good." But you know they paid to, to to bring in a big time opponent, and Ishii just picks up the phone and is like, "All right, I guess so." You know, just hand him a twenty dollar bill.
3: <laughs> I love that man. That man's great. Tom Ishii, fucking rocks. Anyway, there you go. So, yeah, one more notch in uh, Will Osprey's Wrestle of the Year. Uh, just wanted to get one more in there, just in case. Yeah. Well, now, bald. now he's just, just in case bald. Him. Thought he could sneak his ass in. Get the hell out of here, bald. Yeah. Hit the bricks, now he's pal. Just, One now more. He's just for up. Yeah, now he's just this is just like, you know, he's on the 20-yard line. He's 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 doing the Deion Sanders, you know, the, the high kick, high legs, you know, as
2: he's yeah. shredding in for yet another touchdown. Just like, I better than all of you. You know it. You've just completely wore your woman out, and she's like, just finish already. She's <laughs> like, we've been going at this for three and a half hours. Come on, Joe, three, just three wrap and it and up. Hours. You know? Oh my God. I don't know. I thought you'd relate. I don't know. It's just three and a half hours. No, sometimes you go hard. Too late. No, that, that bedtime, man. It's too long. <laughs> I have a bedtime. <laughs> Get out of here. That's Wrap this long. up in 17 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> right, yeah, let's hit the bricks. Here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I we gotta got, wake we, up. We got forensic files to watch. We got forensic
3: files. I gotta go to bed. So, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> with that said, uh, that is it for us here on the flagship. That is it for 2022 on the flagship. So happy new year, obviously, uh, to all of you. We'll be back. Uh, next week, 2023, we will touch on Wrestle Kingdom. We'll talk about Noah, the new year. I don't know if the zero one and big Japan stuff will be out there by yet, uh, then. Probably not. That'll probably be in another week or so, but we'll touch on it all. We'll do it all next week on the flagship voices of wrestling.com for previews, reviews, and columns. The voice wrestling podcast network, of course. I want to subscribe to that as well as all of the individual show feeds. Uh, everything is up there. Voice wrestling podcast network podcast about everything in the world of wrestling. Uh, we also have our Patreon, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, voice wrestling.com slash Patreon and flagship Patreon dot com five dollar tier ten dollar tiers for that we got prediction shows the week uh, the year in review awards the 2020 f- 2022 flagship awards goldberg 1731 many other things available there at flagship patreon.com patreon.com slash voices of wrestling so that is it for us we'll talk to you next time that's joe i'm rich take care bye happy new year All the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and
0: pornography.